The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, Pirates get a late score to affect everyone who bet on this game out there today, but it has no impact on the final score or uh, the win column because East Carolina is going to drop another one today. They trail it right now, 41-27. They'll probably try an onside here, 15 seconds left to go, but East Carolina going to drop to 1-7 and seven on the season after a loss to the UTSA Roadrunners. Offense showed up early defense for the first time really all year lets the pirates down today and then the offense had their normal second half issues so uh we do have some new complaints to get in today regarding the defense we got billy weaver joining us jason nichols as always special guest bryce williams in the house we'll be talking about it 317-1250 on the halloween express live line we'll take your calls when we return after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. It's fun to think about what you do if you win the lottery. We're talking about that uh, during the break. All right, welcome back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. ECU falling to UTSA 41-27 today. Billy Weaver, Jason Nichols, and Bryce Williams here in the Pirate Radio studios will get their thoughts. Do we really have an open line? It's the first time this year we've had an open line coming back from the first commercial break. So 317-1250 is the number. Thanks, by the way, to Shirley Rhodes, as always, answering your calls. Uh, The big dog, Glenn Griffin, for navigating us through the watch party to where we are now. And also Joey for his help on video production. Uh, We got Jenny and Chan in san antonio we got bryce and jason talking football as i talk we got a lot they said the same thing it took the words out of my mouth how do you pronounce that last name Gladys clove or i don't know what it was some crazy on one of the two lane players it's a cajun name it is definitely cajun Tulane up 30 28 and they are about to score but right now it's just a clock game maybe they're about to clock it oh rice has no timeouts so so sit on it yeah all right kenny david hang on we'll start with cameron and goldsboro first up on the Halloween Express live line. Hello, Cameron. What's up, guys? Um, I'll just say this. You know, I can take losing a game, but what I can't take is uh, week after week of failure of strategy from the offensive coaching staff and also just witnessing the undisciplined flags that we get. And, I mean, it's how... It's like beating a dead horse. I'm not going to get too much into it. Donnie Kirkpatrick, got to go. This offense is atrocious. Just the game plan. Like, I love what we did in the first quarter. Motion some of our receivers, quick passes. You know, we kind of got about the run game, and then it only lasted one quarter. We went right back to the same thing, run up the middle. Uh, Probably the most frustrating part of the game to me was when, uh, in the second half, when Gerald Green came in and got 45 yards of offense on three plays. 
and then he disappeared. He never t- he never touched the ball the remainder of the game after coming in and gaining 45 yards on, on himself on three plays. He never touched the ball again. Like, what what is our coaching staff doing? I just don't get it, guys. Uh, I hate to say it, but apathy is starting to set in. I don't think uh, – my my family's had season football tickets for East Carolina uh, for 30 years, and if Donnie Kirkpatrick is not gone at the end of this year, uh, we will not be renewing our season tickets, and we're probably not going to go to any game, home game, the remainder of the season. I mean, it's it, it's a joke to be in year five of this coaching staff and to just witness the atrocity on offense that we're seeing. I mean, it's it's frustrating. I'm not even going to blame the players. It's the coaching staff. It's it's horrible. I mean, we're paying Mike Houston a fortune, the fourth highest paid coach in the conference. Donnie Group Patrick's getting like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars to do this bull crap every game. And you hear them in the press conferences every week. Oh, we had a great we had a great week of practice, guys. We had a great week of practice, great competitive spirit. Who gives a crap? So what, man? You got you gotta see it on the football field. No it's practice. Who cares about practice if you can't put it on the field? I mean, it's ridiculous. There has to be a change. Otherwise, uh I find it hard to believe, but if for some reason uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick does stay at the end of the season, we may only have about 9,000 season ticket sales next year. It's a joke. Apathy is starting to set in. I mean, it's this is worse than when it was under Scotty Montgomery, and I can't even I can't even believe I'm saying that. It's just how bad this is, guys. But appreciate all y'all do. Um, looking forward to ECU basketball season. Uh, go Pirates. Mike Schwartz is the man. Um, but as always, I wish y'all luck. Uh, just the rest of the night. I mean, it's going to be the same thing probably I just said, but as always, get part. All right, they frustrated Cameron in Goldsboro with the call. Well, I think Cameron's right as far as the apathy goes. Look, we've got an open line. That doesn't yeah. happen. And that's what we have talked about before is that at least when the Pirates are playing bad in games past and the last couple of seasons past, when people call in and they gripe and complain and yell and talk forever, at least they care. The apathy is what you don't want to see is when people just give up and say, I don't care anymore. Uh, we do have a line open, I believe. David is up next, though, in Raleigh. Hello, David. Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? Uh, so I know y'all were talking about uh, you know things you would do if you won the lottery. Well, I've got one for you. I've got one for you. I wouldn't tell anybody that I won the lottery, but there would be signs, right? Number one sign would be Donnie Houston is Gone. I'd buy his contract and fire Wait, him. Which one? You said Donnie Houston. Is that is that just all encompassing? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Donnie Houston. Yes. <laughs> That's the new hashtag, Donnie Houston. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, there, so there will be signs. Man, I, I've I've grew up in Greenville. I was born and raised in Pitt County. Uh, I'm a pirate through and through. Right. I mean, all my life. This season is embarrassing. We just got beat by a team that's got a wide receiver named after a cereal on its roster, right? We we got beat by Kellogg, right? I mean, it, it's just it's embarrassing. I mean, and there's no no wonder there's nobody turning out to the home games because you know the the Carolina Hurricanes had a similar problem, right? They were a losing team. They didn't have any attendance. They turned around their team, then they had the attendance, right? We're not going to have attendance at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium until this program seriously turns around, right? And it's not going to happen until uh, 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 Donnie Houston <laughs> you know, leaves, right? I mean, that, there's just no two ways around it. He needs to go back to high school and FCS football because he is definitely not cutting it in the big board league. So that's all I got to say. 
go pirate. I, I, I'll, I'll leave leave the rest of the time for the next caller. All right. Uh, thank you, David, for the call. Appreciate your passion. 317-1250. Uh, Ron, to answer your question on YouTube, uh, send me a DM. Uh, Kenny, Blunt's Creek is up on the Halloween Express live line. Hello, Kenny. Good evening, fellas. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. These uh, defense didn't show up today. Yeah, offense did a little better. I mean, we scored some points moved the ball but didn't do it when we needed to just very disappointed man and uh just not looking forward to the game next week Tulane's going to come in and beat the brakes off of us and then we'll move on to the next game and get beat again it's sad to say but uh this season is through I'm tired of watching it so I'm gonna go tailgate next Saturday hang out with the people might not even go in the game that's how you show them. And, uh, Billy, you talk. Talk all you want. <laughs> Tell us how going and fix this problem for us. You, Jason, Slim 80, y'all, y'all know. Stop telling these coaches what to do because us fans, they don't listen to us, you know. So I, I'm sorry to be so negative, but God, it sucks. And, and Kenny, I'm going to call you out, man. I know you're going to be in that stadium. You can talk all that mess you want that you're just going to sit out there and tailgate and not go in the stadium. I know you. You're going to be in the stands. Do it, Kenny. Be in the stands, buddy. You'll be there. need you, man. You'll be there. But I I feel your frustration, though, brother. I I really feel your frustration. I promise you. Guys, this is sad, man. We're we're a joke right now. And then the the, uh, college football world's laughing at us again. And I I really didn't think we'd be back in that point. So y'all have a good night. I know it's going to be hard, but... All right. See y'all next week. Thank you, Kenny. Right, Kenny. Kenny in Blunt's Creek. We'll keep the calls going. 317-1250. We go next to Ryan in Charlotte. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys. Uh, I appreciate everything that you do, but, man, that was a tough game tonight. I mean, we're 1-7 for the first time since John Thompson was in charge of this program in 2003. I mean, even Scotty Montgomery didn't even achieve a 1-7 record when he was in charge. I I just, I, I don't see where this program can go from here, and I feel like even if we can't afford it, we can't afford to have Mike Houston in charge of this program next season. That's a uh, decision that will have to be made after the conclusion, Weave. Yeah, well, the problem is is he says that we can't afford to have Mike Houston here next season. Problem is we can't afford to fire him. Well, That's the big part. You, you, you can if well, certain mean, it, things happen. Well, yeah, but I mean, at, most likely that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, we just, we, we're not SMU. You know, we're not, we're not a place where a you know booster x can come up and say look i'm not happy with this program i'm not happy with the direction i'm not happy with the head coach what do i need to do how big of a check do i need to write that happens at other schools Hmm. it don't happen here yeah all right ryan anything else man no, just uh, when John Thompson was brought back after a one and eleven season, he went two and nine the next year and was fired. And I feel like next season, if we bring him Mike Houston back, it's going to be another waste of time. All right, thanks for the call, Ryan in Charlotte. Definitely a different age of football uh, where you can overhaul things quickly, but every 
every roster every team in the country is trying to do that so uh yeah it's uh tricky situation rodney zach chris hang on we'll get to your calls on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show billy weaver jason nichols bryce williams hanging out for a little while and uh clip rock shirley rhodes taking your calls and joey on the video production back with you on youtube facebook traditional radio and pr927fm.com thanks everybody for tuning in calling in we got more for you after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, with about 11 minutes to go in the game, California's leading uh, Lincoln Riley's ball club at USC. 43-36 to 36 is that score. And uh, in the second quarter, it is Coastal Carolina 27, Marshall 3. Tennessee has a 10-0 lead over Kentucky in the first quarter. And uh, Washington has a 7-0 lead over Stanford. Games from earlier today, Florida State pounded Wake Forest 41-16. It was Kansas State shutting out Houston 41-0. Penn State beat Indiana 33-24. It was Kansas defeating Oklahoma 33-2, or excuse me, 38-33. And SMU whipped Tulsa 69-10 was that final. And uh, West Virginia beat UCF 41-28. Memphis got by North Texas 45-42. And NC State beat Clemson 24-17. That is a look, a look rather, at the uh, your scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day. Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TV, so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at DeBuck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip. Oh, all right. During that break, we were wondering what uh, Bubba's last name was on Forrest Gump. Who has the answer? First one, we'll give you props. Uh, Celsius. Uh, Billy Weaver, Bryce. Bryce going to hang out one more segment with us, so we'll get to some calls. We'll get Bryce's final thoughts on the day and let him run. Uh, Thank you to Bryce's wife for letting him hang out with us for a day. Thank you, honey. Appreciate it. All right, uh, Dick, Rodney, Zach, hang on. Let's go to Chris in Arapahoe to get this segment going on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Back with, uh, let's go to uh, Chris. Bubba Blue? Bubba Buford Blue. Bubba Bubba Uh, Buford? Oh, no, it was Benjamin Buford Bubba Blue. Daniel had it. Uh, Way to go, Daniel. B4. Uh, Appreciate it. Let's call him B4. All right, uh, Chris, what's up, man? Ain't not much, guys, man. I had a good morning. I woke up, man, went and uh, played a golf tournament for a charity event. Um, I shot 56, Super Bowl tournament. We got third place. There was a team that shot 52, which I don't believe. But I don't <laughs> 56 on the full 18? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> Record setting. Yeah, we played at the Emerald, man. Good course uh, for my team. Um, but I, I got off and uh, I come home, watch the game, and I'm going to tell you, you know, people talk about, you know, we can't afford um, to hire another coach. Well, we can't afford not to. 
if this same uh, you know strategy comes around next year, you think about the sales and all that, it's going to go down. It's just the same thing every week, and a change has to be made. I know it's going to hurt, but this this isn't the Pirate Nation that I grew up watching, and uh, it just it, it's it's not doing it. Um, I would say, if I was a coach, and I'm not a coach, and I, I'm not I'm not pretending to be, but put put the uh, put the third string in there and let them have a season, the freshmen. Let, get get them some games behind them. Get them some reps. You never know. He liable to he liable to show out, but th- this ain't this ain't working. And we're we're better than this. And I love Pirate Nation to death, but something's got to change. Go Pirates! And I hope everybody has a good night. All right, couple of points first on the you talked about season ticket sales next year and everything. Um, you got a couple of issues there. You're you're going to be coming off a bad year, and your non-conference schedule next year is Norfolk State and App State. And App State is a pretty good home game. Yeah. Uh, Norfolk State is not, and the rest of your home schedule: North Texas, Memphis, um, FAU, Temple. It is a very non-attractive schedule. Hmm. So not only are you talking about coming off a year where you don't win a lot of games. Interest is going to be low. Add that to the mix, and it's not a very good, uh, not a good formula there. Um, on his other thing, Jason, about playing younger guys, and Mike Houston said he wants to get more of those guys in there. Um, we'll, we'll get your take on that. But do, do you still have to appease upperclassmen too and starters? Like, you know, how do you handle that situation when you're not bow eligible anymore and you want to get some younger guys on the field? Yeah, <clears throat> I think you still got to be careful. Um, but if I've seen enough of an older guy and I know my future is in a younger guy, I got to go with my future, right? Because that's the guy that's going to play more for me down the road. And that's the decision that, you know, as a coach, you got to make. And you got to be able to, even as a position coach, you take that to the head coach and just say, hey, this is these are the guys I'm thinking about running with. This is why. And hopefully he has your back on what you're saying and what you're thinking. But um, I definitely think you want to find out what the younger guys are, especially in a day and age where you can play four games without being no. charged with a with mm-hmm. a season. So that that game experience is is crucial, and it's crucial because we see it in the development of the quarterback in particular, because you know that's the one position everybody watches. But you know, just getting those guys on the film, I mean, on the field, and, and getting them in live action is totally different. We talked about a play here earlier with Flynn. He had a blitz coming from the field. Should have boarded that that mm-hmm. fake and just threw the ball out there. That's game rep, right? No matter how many times you do that in practice, it's a game rep. It's something you got to rep in the game. So those experiences are are priceless. And so uh, you got to be able to do that to get guys, um, you know, good game looks and get them evaluated. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. Zach is up next and done. Hello, Zach. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Tried to get into you last week, but, man, y'all are booked up solid. Um, but uh, just listen to the tone of the people calling you, man. Like, everybody just sounds defeated. It's been a long time since I've heard Pirate Nation sound like this. And uh, it hurts. You know, this is the pride of Eastern North Carolina. You go east to 95, and, you know, the people are different, man. We've got a chip on our shoulder, and – historically speaking, we've always had East Carolina football as our outlet, and it's our way to show the world this is us, want some, get some, like Ruff used to say. 
but it ain't just the fans that's down. Uh, you know, listen to Houston and his pressers. Whenever he came in, he had this fire, and every he had everybody believing. Uh, and we wanted so bad to believe that he could do it. And for a brief time, yeah, he was he was on the right track. But it's it's he's showing more and more the lack of development that uh, that his staff just doesn't have. And the the deeper you dig that hole, the harder it's going to be to get out of it. Um, at the beginning of the year, my buddy Colin, he's got a wedding next weekend in Asheville. And before the season was released, we said, what are the odds that, uh, that it's a home game? And what do you know? It's next weekend out of five games with one home game, uh, a five-game stretch with one home game. It's that weekend. And we thought he was a jerk at the beginning of the year, but now he's – He's our savior that we don't have to go and uh, and and watch that. So uh, you know, won't be there next weekend. I'm sure we'll be paying attention. Um, Alex Flynn doesn't need to see another down. Uh, I I appreciate what he's done for the program. He's a fifth year, and on that fourth down at the 26, down two touchdowns, uh, which I appreciate the aggression, but. Mike Houston shouldn't have to tell him that he has to throw that ball. And if you look at the replay, he's sitting there saying, "You have to throw that ball." That kid's in the fifth year in his pro- in his fifth year at this program. He shouldn't have to be told that. He should know that. And I understand that some of that is experience. But uh, anyways, my next point: uh, Moggridge needs to give Donnie Kirkpatrick a great Christmas present. Um, if it wasn't for Donnie. Moggridge would be in the spotlight because it's criminal how many guys are in our backfield consistently. And it's easy to sit there and say the lack of quarterback play, which that's also there. But, man, our line, we're eight games in, and the only time that they looked decent was against a terrible Gardner-Webb team. Um, Last point I got, um, you know, I kind of came around on Monday and said that we needed to give Houston a legitimate chance with a second uh, offensive coordinator, um, just to see, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Donnie. Give him a, a true legitimate shot um, with another new mind and let him take the reins. But uh, then I heard him on the talk of the town saying, uh, you know, oh, if I could keep these guys out of the media or you know keep the media out of their ears, we'd be doing a lot better. Uh, that's crap. That's crap. That is a terrible, terrible mentality and that's finger pointing and that's not accept- that's not taking accountability showing accountability for this program and never in my life have I seen a coach at this school point the fingers at everybody else but the guy looking back at himself in the mirror um it he's got to go man he does not represent the part of the state anymore uh we need somebody that comes in with that fire and I hope I hope that our higher-ups can make that decision. Guys, I, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, we need some help. Send help. All right, there he is, Zach in Dunn. Well, Zach made an interesting point that uh, something I had been thinking about, you know, keeping the guys away from media and social media is that's not going to happen. I was thinking about that during this call. Bryce, your the guy here that was in the program as a player the most recently. Mm -hmm. 
so much different these day and age than when Jay Nick oh, not not to not to say no not <laughs> you know but but I mean it was a different it was oh, a different yeah. era. Do you see that happening as far as players losing players losing the locker room because they do see and they do hear what's going on out in social media and things like that. Totally different different deal now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a different era. I mean, even in, up until when I was in playing, you know, just, oh, I guess, dang, it's almost been 10 years. But Has it been that um, long? 2015 was the last season. Oh, wow. So even, even well, yeah, eight have years pro- in, have progressed. I mean, right. So we had social media, but now things have even progressed more. But, you know, having the media... You know, if the meat is getting to these players, I mean, I get it. I can't maybe subconsciously, but I mean, they're well aware of their situation. You know, on the how their record is, how they're performing, um, and that's just something they have to overcome. If they're letting the media get to them, then I guess you could say they're just thin-skinned, and you know, obviously, maybe not even meant for it. But I know, obviously, sometimes things can. If you pay attention to it too much and hold on to it, I'm sure it could affect your play some. But most of the time, you try and just keep everything in the locker room and you know build it up from there. So, well, see, <clears throat> with me, you look at it both ways. What if we were giving them the same praise? Would you want them to hear the praise? Right, yeah. right. Because at, at, at the end of the day, praise or negativity, if you digest either one of them, it's going to kill you, right? So you got to learn how to be right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, I just remember this, man. This is what I remember as a player from Steve Logan. If they go over there and they pat you on the back on campus, they're setting you up if you fall for it. That means don't get too high when we've won. Yeah. But the same thing when if you lose. You mm-hmm. you, you got to be tone deaf. I've told, right. I told Clip this, um, I know this week, but I've probably said it previously. When I was a coach here, and I was here in some of those mean, lean years with Scotty Montgomery, I couldn't tell you once what you guys would could have said about yeah. us because it didn't matter to me. It mm-hmm. wasn't going to affect me getting my job done. Yeah. My job was to go out there and coach the running backs. Right. We heard, you know, don't listen to the noise. You don't Positive, listen to it. If you build the right way, you don't listen to it yeah. because that doesn't affect what I got to go do mm-hmm. as a coach to go get these guys ready to play. Now, you can tell your players whatever. I mean, you can try to tell your players, hey, you know, stay off Twitter. I used to hate when players were saying Yeah, that's just not – it's not possible. I think it's getting tougher and tougher. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's it getting is. to be impossible. But but when you're on there, just realize yeah. people are going to come back at you. Yep. Yeah. So if you want to start it, then you better be ready to finish it. Mm-hmm. And you better be thick-skinned enough to understand what comes with that. That's part of growing up. Yeah. I mean, that ain't, that's, no, that's no different than what I would tell my, my son and my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of growing up. All right, good stuff, fellas. 317-1250. Rodney is up in Winterville. Hey, Rodney. Hey, how y'all doing? I've uh, been a Pirate fan since the early, mid-70s, late 80s, and uh, I've never really given up on the Pirates from one season to the next. One thing that concerns me is when we look at this Pirate squad, the lo- I mean, from last year we lost a quarterback, two receivers, a running back, two, line- two linemen to the portal. We lost two D- DBs to the portal, I think, also. And at times we never let another quarterback come in when we had some uh, leads last year to fill in. And, and Garcia, we thought was the man. I remember people calling in talking about we need to bench Holton and bring in Garcia. He was a better quarterback, and so you know now we see that that wasn't by had not been the right rule. But how much does the recruiting uh, play into where we are right now? Uh, I remember when we were Conference USA, we, we could use non-qualifiers during that time. Uh, we had skill here. 
wrestling first two years, then we joined the, uh, the American, which did not allow non-qualifiers. So how does that play into what we have now as far as recruiting coming in? Uh, I remember we used to be heavily recruiting Eastern North Carolina. We have gotten away from that. Uh, I think outside of probably Jeremy Lewis and a few others, we don't have a heavily base uh, Eastern North Carolina recruiting base. Uh, Michael Allen, who's a good running back at Jage Rose, he's at state now, barely being used. We let him get out of the county and go to state. So is recruiting also a major issue, in your opinion, of what is going on with the Pirates? And if we did get rid of uh, Houston, who do we have, who's out there who could really come in here now and turn this program around, maybe from an FCS school or even a uh, coordinator from an FBS school that could come in here and make that change and do what we want to do? Because that also would take some time. So uh, I would just step back and listen to y'all responses to those two questions. All right, uh, yeah, on the recruiting, it, it's got to be a problem if you look at the current state of this football team and, and what it looks like today. We've seen uh, some attrition from previous recruiting classes, but the one we can all look at is quarterback. And, and Jason, you talk about bringing in two to three quarterbacks a year. We thought we had something. The coaches thought they had something with Mason Garcia. Uh, that has not translated to game day. So they're rolling with Alex Flynn, and and that is that that's been a miss. That's been maybe the biggest miss, uh, quarterback. And this is the worst quarterback play we've seen at East Carolina. And help me out whenever I don't know. I, I mean, Bryce, we go back as uh, earlier this year. People were talking about the 2015 year. Kurt Benker gets hurt, so we got Blake Kemp, James Summers. Earlier in the season, I was like, "Give me Kemp and Summers right now. I'll take it." Um, and people were like, "I don't know." Well, now yeah, they see, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was a really tough spot for your team, but. You were able to still move the ball, put oh, up yeah. some points. Some games yeah. were frustrating, yeah. Um, but I feel like uh, much more production that year than this year. So, quarterback, a major issue. Where are the, the great wide receivers uh, that we've seen in the past, Jason? Where you know, We've never had, and Billy, you bring this up, never had a dominant Hogs-type offensive no, line, no. but we've had good O-linemen. Yeah, we've had individual good offensive yeah. linemen, uh, you know, guys that have even played offensive line in the NFL. I don't. We don't have an NFL guy on this roster. No, 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 no. And and so, as far as getting guys in, I think there are more restrictions now than there were years ago. I think that's just part of being in the American. I believe they have their own kind of recruiting yeah. restrictions. But yeah, we've got to have some better evaluation. And then when you get them here, Jason, we got to have better coaching, teaching, things like that. Well, the recruiting aspect. You know, he said about us losing a kid to state. I'm going to be real with you guys. That's that's not a realistic expectation. It hasn't been since probably 96, 97. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's when the power of BCS, we talked about it today. We had an eight-win team that sat at home, and yep. we beat Miami and some of these teams And back when you could probably still steal some guys because there wasn't a such thing as the BCS. The group in five and power five is a strong recruiting tool. It's hard to beat a power five. And you're not going to do it unless there is strictly a reason why that kid wants to come here, i.e. whole nailers, right? Other than that, you can forget it, man. Those guys are going to those schools to do what they want to do. Now, you hope to get them back on a rebound. Hopefully that you recruit them hard enough to know, hey, we love you, man, we want you here, that if they don't commit here, they will come back on the rebound when they're not playing at NC mm-hmm. State. But... That that is that's that's the only way you're going to beat a power five. Other than that, you can put that to the to the wayside. 
the what he said previously about you used to be able to take non-qualifiers when you were in Conference USA. The AAC does not allow you to recruit non-qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So now you can throw out probably most NFL guys that you're going to yeah. see coming out of Group of Five. Mm-hmm. You can throw that out the window because now those guys can't get in here okay? because of the conference rules. So there's another tick in your hat. Now you got to throw in the transfer portal in NIL. That's the bi- that's the biggest thing right now in recruiting. Now, the thing that I say is, well, it's the same thing Marshall has to do. It's the same thing that App State has to do or ODU or Liberty and all these schools that we should be competing with and be at the top with. We have to find our edge and find our way in the recruiting aspect to stay up with those guys. And I'm going to tell you one number one things I've learned is money. Yeah. It's money. I reached out to a, a guy this week who's at a school in our conference. Their NIL money for the football team is $1.3 million a year. That's what they're trying to give out in money per year. Mm-hmm. It's money. Yeah. Any idea what ECU's is? Ballpark? I, I, I've i heard. I don't know how true it is. I heard it's like 200000 300000 Not $1.3 yeah. doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But aside from all that, you can talk about recruiting all you want. And people can talk about recruiting. Bottom line is recruiting is always a crapshoot. It is. Always a crapshoot. So what do you rebound on? Development. Well, Developing your players. I asked We've Jason done that the... here for years and years and got guys that were passed over by other people. And you develop those players. I can go down a list of guys. Well, I asked Jason where the great receivers are. Bryce's teammates, Zay Jones and uh, Justin Hardy. Hardy. Did, they have a, recruited. did they have a combined he start to their name? They didn't have a, a walk-on. A walk-on. Justin Hardy was a walk-on. Yeah. yeah. And then Zay was what? Two-star out of Texas. And and I don't know. One of my all-time favorite Pirates, Vontae Leach, I don't know how well he was recruited out of South Robinson High School, which was a 1A school, and he ended up in the NFL winning the Super Bowl. And Bryce, numbers-wise, our best tight end since Devon Drew, probably. Did you have any stars by your name? No. <laughs> and, and listen to this. And how much did it come well, to development? Devon Drew. Yeah. Anybody know what position he played? He was, he was a quarterback, quarterback. at Newburn. Great yeah, quarterback. You, so you got to be able to evaluate. You got to be able to project on this level. You got to be able to develop on this yeah. level. Because a lot of those guys, a lot of people will miss on because what happens is they don't play this position on film. Right. Whereas I know coaches in the past would say, hey, that's a good player. We need him in our program. We'll we need to find a place to we'll put him. find a Absolutely. place for him to play. Absolutely. That's what you got to be able to do. I think a lot, and a lot of it is, you know, the want to. You know, the, you know I don't want to say that, the, you know, the guys we have, you know, don't have a drive or an ambition. But, uh, I mean, between numerous guys, you know, just speaking on myself, I mean, you know, you come in as – a preferred walk-on at one school, transfer in, preferred walk-on, and you don't earn a scholarship to your senior year, and you've been all conference. I mean, whatever. But, I mean, the drive I had personally was great. And then you talk about Hardy. You know, Zay was under-recruited. And you know, I can go on a list. Shane, you know, he wasn't all that. Yeah. So, it's just the want to. And are we getting prima donnas who just think they're entitled to play and all this? That may be an issue. I don't know the guys personally, but you start to kind of see the, you know, the game film, and you're like, well, maybe it's – is he one of those guys? So it may be the case, and I'm sort of leaning that way. I Different guess. words being used, but uh, similar to your chip conversation last yeah. week, Jason. Listen, man, it, you know, somebody say, well, what type of coach? You got to bring in guys, not just players, coaches, that has that, I'm gonna get it, I can get it done with less 
because at the end of the day, that's what you got to be able to do here. Yeah. You got to be able to get it done with less. And you got to have a chip on your shoulder. And you want to find those guys. Like, he, well, basically what he said, all those guys had something to prove. Right? And it's hard. To, I'm going to be honest with you. How do you know that when you're recruiting them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's your crapshoot. Yeah, that's right. That's And that's the biggest thing is it is a You can shoot. vet as and much as you want. You can but vet you as still, much. But well, yeah. when you go through that high school, right. you can talk to the coach. You can talk to the principal. You can talk to the teachers. Oh, great kid. We love him. He'll, you know, you don't, it's still don't, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And every year, Steve Logan, every recruiting season and during those signing periods, he would be asked, Coach, how do you rate your signing class? He would always say, ask me that in four years and I'll tell you. You're right. You don't ever know. You, don't. you never know. All right, Bryce, one more call. We'll let you leave. Oh, you get <laughs> Dick is in Richmond. Hello, Dick. Hey, guys. Thanks. Appreciate you letting me take a call here. And thanks for all you do for keeping us Pirate fans from jumping off the cliff these days. You got it. A um, couple, I guess, questions or comments, because I'm not an expert by any means. Um, do you do you all think Mike Houston is a failure? I mean, I was a big Mike Houston fan. Was ready to run through a wall with him. People have mentioned that. Um, or is this a temporary situation? Or put another way, can can this ship be righted? Probably not this year, but next year. Um, or is it sinking and something has to be done? Kind of the follow up on that is and this was kind of mentioned earlier and last week. As fans, there's not a lot of hope, and in, in the press conferences we hear. Are just are just freaking layups these days. They don't have to answer any tough questions. You hear Donnie get on there and he's laughing and joking and and all this stuff. And um, I, I mean, I, I just don't know. As, you know, as a pirate fan, we got to have hope. And and I just don't. I just don't feel the passion. And again, I like Mike Houston, but I I, I just don't know. So I'll, I'll let you all take it over from here. I mean, it's a it's a good question, Dick. Is it a failure? Or is it a one year blip? And I, when Mike Houston got hired, I looked at the resume. I was like, man, this is great. Jeff Charles had Mike Houston on his show when he was the coach at Lenore Ryan, and and Jeff Charles was like, you know, I think I could see him. He's a North Carolina guy being an ECU coach one day, and it just felt like a perfect fit. And took him a while uh, to to get out of a hole, and he did. And then two straight bowl years. And I'm shocked. If you'd have told me before the season started that in late October, I would be saying, you know, we need to fire Mike Houston. I'd be like, what are you talking about? How has it gone so wrong from last year? It has been a dramatic, it has been a a drop off a cliff uh, year for Mike Houston in East Carolina. So I'm still surprised we're having these conversations, but I'd like to think it's a one-year blip. But again, I, I don't know. I can't believe I'm questioning this. I thought... This was the guy. This was the guy for us. But, hey, I'm starting to question it just like everybody is right now. What do you think, Billy? Well, I I think the big number is not one and seven. The big number is five. That's year number five. Yeah, that's you right. You cannot, yeah. in this day and age, start off one and seven, and God forbid, and it might and may happen one and 11 yeah. in year five. That says everything right there. Now, whether or not he's a good coach, I'm not, you know, that's not for me to say. I think he is a good coach, but I think he's made some major mistakes, and that's what's put us in this situation. And as a head coach, you got to take that responsibility, and it all leans on you. And when you're, if you go 1-11 in year five, there has to be some serious, serious discussions at the top on whether or not they bring him back. 
Mm. Any additional yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I agree. You would definitely hope after you know your five years of developing guys that we'd get a little better uh, performance than we have so far this year. I mean, you know, just going back from the quarterbacks, like we knew Holton was eventually going to leave. You know, you were hoping something by somebody in the background was getting you know reps and just or whatever getting developed um, during their time, just waiting until Holton left, but. It ain't looking too hot, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, 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 man, you got to peel back the curtains on this thing for real. Like, it's, it's peeled back the curtains. And so I think Coach Houston's a good coach. I, I don't think he's a bad coach. Um, he's done, he's done good here to help try to turn this thing around. Uh, we got to find out why did we fall off this year. Well, and, and people yeah. can say quarterback. Like, now it's more than just that quarterback out there yeah. on that field oh, playing. Yeah. So you got to peel it back and find out the truth. And and, mm-hmm. and the reason why you got to do that is because there's a lot that affects you winning and losing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot that affects winning and losing. But um, at the end of the day, that 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 is a that's a deep dive when we got it we, we got to know why in year five you know yep. because your, your program's supposed to be steadily rising mm-hmm. right and um, so. and, it, and if you dip you don't dip this far right no i mean my you, expectation you can, and i was uh, you know six wins was five and and six max basically yeah and and a lot of people were like well that's in year five you shouldn't expect that well we lost a lot so i i I don't i hope it's more than that but that was my expectation six five whatever you're right this is too big of a dip yeah way too big Mm. bryce we'll let you run buddy I enjoyed hanging out with you today. I got a watch life football. waiting. I know, I know. Go get to the know wife. all about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday. All right. On Pirate Radio Live. Me. Thank you, buddy. Bye. 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 All right. Uh, Billy and uh, Jason remain as we roll on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, 317-1250. Thanks to Wings over Greenville for the awesome post-game food. Jason about to take some down, as am I. During the break, 758 Wing, they would deliver right to your door. Michael, Al, Terry, and Cheezel, hang on. We'll get to your calls when we return after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. Clip Brock, Jason Nichols, Billy Weaver, and uh, you can check out one of Brandon Tate's ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Cellular locations. Experience the highest standard of customer service next to Little Caesars on Charles Boulevard in Greenville, in front of Lowe's Home Improvement on Memorial Drive in Greenville, next to Walmart on 10th Street in Greenville, and the U.S. Sailor Store in the Greenville Mall behind the Chick-fil-A. Pirates losing tonight 41-27 to UTSA. We are taking your calls, and we are enjoying some wings over Greenville, as you can as well. They'll deliver uh, right to your door for the night slate of college football. Uh, Michael, Al, Terry, we'll get to you in a moment. Let's go to Cheezel in Ocean City. Hello, Cheezel. Cheezel. All right. Cheezel, a uh, pretty good caller, but did not have the patience tonight. Let's try Terry in Greenville. What's up, Terry? Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> did Terry put it in reverse? 
All right. We'll try Al in Greenville. Al, did you hang on? I'm still here, Cliff. I hang, I hang on waiting for you guys to answer the phone. All right. We got Rooster Neck here. What you, what you need, Al? Uh, well, I guess this is about the worst I've seen it. I remember last time this happened, and uh used to be a caravan used to come up from the beach when the, when the pirates were playing at home, and we talked on the phone. I used to meet them out for dinner and, but this is the first time that it started again that I've, you know, I've called a couple of the guys and they said, we're not coming up anymore. The season's lost. But could you answer me one question? When Dion took over his, his team and he, and he got rid of 85 players and went to the portal, when you, when you pick a, a player from the portal, do you have to pay him? How how does he come to your team? Like if if we had a new coach and he went to the portal and picked out a quarterback, does he just pick him out, or do you have to pay him first? So Jason, the rules are you you bring a guy to your school traditionally uh, through you know like you always would recruiting, mm-hmm. and you talk nil once that is all done. That's the legal way to go about it. Not necessarily. Now let's talk about how it actually works, though, right? I'm not coming unless I get this right here. Dollars. Yeah. Yep. So now there are negotiations, basically, Man, and is, all these it, recruiting. It is, it is. For most of them, it's a, it's a pecking order. You know, quarterbacks are going to, you know, they're going to want money. I mean, all of them want money. And that's the, the thing that we got to understand about the NIL now, because I'm not sure. I, I am sure. It's not about indoor practice facilities anymore. That'll be great. We, we, we would love to have one here. We need We need one here. But we want players because if we get the right players, people will continue to donate money to the program, which will eventually still help get that indoor facility built. But if we don't get players and we don't win, there's there's no money. You, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it all stems around money, and and those guys all have a they have a cost. Not saying all of them going to have a cost, but most of those kids come with a cost. Well, like uh, uh, Manning, Peyton, uh, Peyton, the man in this playing for Texas, Arch. When he came out of high school, they said he received money. He did. So, he, so how are we going to compete then? <laughs> well, we're not competing with Texas and Colorado. We don't have to beat those guys. We're trying to beat damn Charlotte and yeah. But to his State. to his point, though, we do have in our league one of those monsters, and that's SMU. Well, not, that well, not anymore. anymore. Well, going well true, true. But you see what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. it it doesn't necessarily have to be a Power 5 team that can come up with that sort yeah. of money. We're trying to That's compete yeah, with, uh, with, with the, the guys in the, this league. Yeah. Right. What is the top paying guys? Or you know, yep. We need to be on par with that because then we have a chance to go head to head. It's no different than paying a coach in a league. You want if you're going to have a good coach and you're going to have a a coach in, in whatever conference it is to be competitive, you got to pay him a competitive rate to be competitive. Now it's the players. Well, I think it's going to be a long season this season, and well, I don't know. I just I, I I've been rooting for the Pirates for a long time now. I've been calling for a long time. This this is a really this is a, this is a terrible feeling because I. I, I told you last week we got beautiful facilities. Everything's perfect. We got a beautiful stadium. So, well, 
thanks for taking my call and thanks for being on the air listening to everybody and uh, hopefully I can talk to you next week. All right, Al. Always great to hear from you, man. There is Philly Al calling in from Greenville, 317-1250. U.S. Sailor, fifth quarter call-in show on the Halloween Express live line. Uh, Greenville's premier Halloween Superstore, a couple of days away, a few days away from Halloween. So last-minute shopping, you can go uh, to Halloween Express right next to Target in Greenville. Uh, Michael is up in Pine Tops. Hey, Michael. Hey, how you doing, guys? All right. Uh, just following up on the last guy's conversation, um, until the Pitt County Council gets some big businesses here in town, um, it's all about the NIL. Until you have businesses that are going to pay money to get good players here, you're not going to recruit them because everybody that's good now is getting paid. Totally agree with that. So now, but, now, I mean, that feels but, like I mean, we're that's way far easy, away then. Yeah, and but, that's the thing is, is getting those big companies here. Well, not only the big companies, but you still got to say like this. On our level, you know, every kid is getting something. But let's not think about what they're getting at Carolina or what they're getting. We need to know what it, how are we competing with Tulane? How are we competing with Memphis? How are we competing with South Florida? Those are the schools that we got to beat. And so whatever that is, that's what we got to get up to. And uh, there are going to be a lot of kids that are three stars that's not going to get a big, you know, financial deal coming out of high school. You just got to make sure you're on the ones that you feel can come in here and help our program win. And I feel like more people care about East Carolina in this area than care about those schools in that area. But they're all in major cities where there is more money to gobble up. I would imagine. And you've got a businessman there that wouldn't mind throwing Memphis uh, some dollars. Yeah. And I, it's called I, FedEx. Yeah. yeah <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you look at Oregon, what do they got? They got Nike money. But, you know, and obviously we're talking about different leagues and things like that. But that's what you need is you need, I mean, a Vince McMahon. <laughs> we need a Vince McMahon or a Vince, Mr. Beast. Vince, we need you, Mr. buddy. Beast. <laughs> Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, we you know, need we, you, buddy. Those are the ones, you know, your Sandra Bullocks. You need you you need somebody that is is just diehard and really wants to see this program grow and put their money where their mouth is. But we just don't have that. Why does it buy the health? I mean, that's the biggest employer in Pink County. Why are they not more engaged with ECU? Uh, if they can get the big name players in, everybody's going to ECU for, uh, you know, to, to get into the nursing and doctor program, the dentist program, and all of that stuff. I agree. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Not. Don't know. That's a question for the, the, the upper echelon, you yeah. know, for them to answer that. I, that's way out of our pay grade. All right, Michael, anything else, man? Until we get some more profitable businesses behind ECU, we're going to suck forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate the call. Yep. Uh, hopefully we don't suck forever. Uh, Jace is up next in New Bern, Bear City. Hello, Jace. Or JC? Jace? Jace. What's up, Jace? Jace, you there? All right, let's try Mark and Carrie. Hey, Mark. Hey, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right. What's up? Um, want to follow up on this NIL, NIL business. Um, seems like to me we have missed the point on this thing. Um, 
I thought this was supposed to be college football and not pro football. Uh, this is a travesty. Now, I, I don't think it's wrong for a college football player to get some money, some pocket change, you know, to have enough money to do something uh, during the year when they're not playing football. Um, but it should be a modest amount of money. This should have never been put in place in the first place. Teams like East Carolina are never going to compete for NIL money. And it, I, I find it odd that um, uh, other schools and, and other administrators are not challenging this insane program that should have never been put in place in the first place. And at the very least, they should be uh, trying to get some limits and caps on this thing. Uh, it is wrong that a college football player um, like Deion Sanders' son is not just a million dollars, it's multi-million dollars. This thing is wrong, and it's insane, and we need to remember what this is. It's college football. It's not pro football. And if it's going to be pro football, let's get a real playoff like they've gotten the uh, pros. But uh, all I see is teams like East Carolina are just going to get further and further left behind. And that was probably the whole reason it was put in place to begin with. That's all I've got to say. All right, Mark. Listen. Yeah. Well, I've said from the beginning that, you know, it, it boggles my mind that the NCAA went from zero to 100 the way they did, that you couldn't take a guy out to lunch. If you if you were a coach and you took a player out to lunch, you could get on NCAA suspension. You could have scholarships taken away, uh, bowl games stripped, all that stuff. And now you can give them four million dollars. Rick Macharis got in trouble for giving Keith Van Horn a cheeseburger after his dad died. Right. I mean, that is crazy. And coaches and um, universities have gotten in trouble helping players get home on a plane to go to a loved one's funeral for crying out loud. And now you can give them millions of dollars and it's okay. My whole thing is now is that um, they're, they're not student athletes anymore because anybody that tells me that a college football player in this day and age that is a millionaire is doing his own homework, you are fooling yourself. Because I can tell you, when I was in college, if I had a million dollars, this old boy wasn't doing no homework. I was paying somebody else to do it for me. You're, you're right. And what it is, it's a farm it's a farm system. It is. One yeah. thing you don't hear anymore, when you're talking about doing your, home, your own homework and this being about the student athlete is, you guys remember this term called the APR? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Graduation rate, right? Yeah. It's gone out the window. You don't hear about that anymore. No. Right? Uh-uh. Because these, we got in trouble for that here with that's basketball. right. With basketball, we got in trouble yeah. for that. That, that. That's gone because the transfer portal and all that stuff is, who's going to keep the trail on that? So that's gone. <laughs> yeah. All right. But the, the, the biggest issue is, like you said, you know, it. that's why, you know, early in the season, I was kind of frustrated and upset because I wanted East Carolina to do so well because I don't want us to fall behind. Mm-hmm. Because let me just tell you, we're, 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 if we get into the war of trying to make raise as much money as this or that other university who sits in better situations than us, we're going to lose that fight. Yeah. But what we can do is get into a power conference if we can. 
if we can put a good product back out on the field and show people the history of East Carolina football, it's great that baseball's winning. It'll be great if both the men's and women's basketball team win. It's great that the volleyball team is doing great. It's great that the women's soccer had a great season. We got to show that to people that we have a product here to sell. Because if not, He's right. This, this, these rules are created to separate. It's yeah. not. It's not created to Mm-mm. to equal. It's to separate. No. Because how do you tell Alabama or Texas A and M not to go pay somebody ten million dollars? They got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they've done it. You know. So that's why it's a, it's a separation. This has been going on a long time. It's just now hit the forefront because nil has become prevalent. Mm-hmm. 317-1250, Halloween Express Live Line. Kim is up in Puerto Rico. Hello, Kim. Oh, my God. Hey, how are you guys? Good, how are you? Are Not you as really good as you Puerto are. Rico? I'm on, yes, wow. I'm in Puerto Rico. I'm on vacation. Oh. Yes, I have to call in because I'm just so shocked that this NIL thing has not been discussed from day one when you guys got on the talk show. It was, I listened to you at, after every single game. I go to the games. Obviously, my son plays. And I want to put highlight the fact, you know, why would a kid stay if he can go get an ideal somewhere else and get paid $100,000? You've already seen that happen on your offensive line. And this has been from, um, I agree with the last, call, the, the last caller, I am not for the NIL deal, even though I have a son that plays for East Carolina. My, my feeling is, is what the gentleman earlier expressed, that's not college football. That's not the grind. And when a kid is in high school, that's what it's about. It's the grind to get your school paid for and come out after four years not being $100,000 in debt. And that doesn't happen for every kid. So I'm with the last caller. If they're going to pop off, now we're talking professional football. And that's not why I like college football. That's not why I like college sports. It's the kid is in the grind, and it's the love of the game and the love of the team. And my son was at Central. He had a full ride at Central. He got to ECU, went in the portal. He wasn't on a full ride at first. He had to earn that spot. He had to hunker down and do the grind to get to earn the position. When it came up to football players having the likeness on video games, I understood that. If you're going to use my kid's face, sell 50,000 of his jerseys in a bookstore, I feel like a kid should get a percentage of that. But this is something totally different with kids getting 150,000 a year. And it's unfortunate we're now seeing the ramifications of an NIL deal because ECU is going to fall. And a lot of other colleges are going to fall down as well because of it. Because they're not going to be able to keep up with that, that 156 figure salary for every kid i mean we all agree it's out of hand and this is not what it was designed to be but the problem is i mean there's there's no fixing it at this point i mean it is here the toothpaste is out of the tube yeah and then yeah and they they the ncaa they're not they're not trying to deal with that right now they have too much of a black eye as it is so uh the powers of b everybody and everybody's like, fire fire the coach, fire the coach. But look at the position he's in. And no one's talking about that as well. So here he is at East Carolina. He had a winning team. And now 
boom, here we go with these kids popping off and going and getting the NIL deals. Like, what was it, two of his offensive linemen left last year? One's at Auburn? Yep. Yeah. Six-figure salary? Yeah. But but this... He's caught. So if he doesn't have the money, he's going to... Everybody's... Look what's happening. Everybody's like, fire him, fire him, fire him. Uh, Okay, Kim, but this is... And he knows that. And and that's why I said what I said about there's somebody in our league that's paying one... $1.3 $1.3 million towards their NIL program, okay? And, you know, whether or not we can get to that point, I, I have no clue. I have no clue what we have here. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the NIL is not going anywhere, and we've allowed these decisions. This started with the transfer portal in itself. You know, I mean, we've given, we, we keep giving kids more and more freedom and now we're at a point now where it's, you're right. It's going to destroy certain levels of college football, um, as far as a place like East Carolina, who financially can't compete with that. Now, only thing you hope to do is compete against the guys in your group of five, if, if you know, like that's on your level, because that's that's what you're going to have to compete against. I know. I just I just hate that it ruins the whole, like what you guys are saying, and I'm saying it just ruins the whole thing. And on the part on the issue i get that to a certain extent because my son went in the portal and was picked up by ecu um because he wanted to play for a better team he wanted to see if he could play at the next level other than bcu so i i do get that and understand that but the other stuff i i don't and and you know it's like you said what's done is done and the powers that be have made the decision for these nil deals to happen and now we're seeing the ramp, seeing the out. You know. Yeah, I mean, look, we uh, people are agreeing with you, Kim. But yeah, it, it's it's out there. Um, may I? Uh, we've kind of used context clues, but um, do you want to give your son a shout out? Can we ask who it is, or would you rather not? Or yeah, my son is the long snapper, <laughs> Alex Harper. Yeah, we were. Uh, I was able to chat with him. Nice kid. So uh, kudos to you. So much, I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it, but just like him in his position, I mean, that's, you know, there's not a lot of long snappers, and very few are on scholarship that are at colleges, let alone get an NIL deal. Well, we we lost one here in 21 that went to LSU. Went to LSU. Yeah. (laughs) It freed up an opportunity for your son, so you're right. I mean, it it is what it is. Well, Kim, thank you. Hey, you guys, hang in there. It's a tough season, I know, but <laughs> all the kids, I think it's tougher on them to go out every weekend and oh yeah, their heads up and have hope. So, um, go Pirates! All right, Kim, appreciate thank it. Thank you, Kim. All right, Kim in Puerto Rico, three one seven twelve fifty. Mark, Skip, Kevin, we'll get to you when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. More to go after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. Well, they trailed most of the game, but they came and rallied. And after a failed two-point conversion, USC escapes California by a final of 52-49. UCLA just scored 
after being held scoreless in the first quarter. They now lead Colorado 7-6. Marshall trailing Coastal Carolina 27-6 in the third quarter. It is Air Force 13, Colorado State 10 in the second quarter. Tennessee clinging to a three-point lead over Kentucky 20-17 in the second quarter. Washington is leading Stanford 21-7 in the second quarter. Vanderbilt is trailing Ole Miss 20-0, and Ohio State has a 10-0 lead over Wisconsin in the second quarter. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. The Buck has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And they have a weekly jersey giveaway every Sunday starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, uh, Joey, you want to go watch the Panthers at the Buck tomorrow? Oh, no. Why not? Because I'm going to be at the game. We'll be at the bank, baby. Joey is going to go see Panthers-Texans on Sunday. What time are you hitting the road? We're going to figure that out, baby. (laughs) Hey, look, I I know those days. I know those days of getting up early. Oh, yeah. You plan on sleeping at all? Uh, no, I actually might be working at the Buck tonight too. So buck, 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 we're gonna buck, uh, buck, power through. We're right. gonna power I, through. I did that once. I uh, we did a post game show here where we got done at like one or two in the morning. I got in the car with my nephew at four in the morning and drove to Birmingham, Alabama to see the U.S. Women's National Team play. Uh, I would have been oh, be young again, man. I'm ready to go to sleep <laughs> now. <laughs> and then and turned around trips. and drove back after the game uh-huh. so it was i think in 48 hours we had a grand total of like two hours of sleep man, so yeah. it was wild driving to fayville and picking up the buddies and going uh man Charlotte. you gotta make a pit stop but good grief well if i go from here it's four i just go to fayville two and two it's the same distance okay really. all right fair enough all right robert mark skip hang on let's start this segment uh with kevin in burlington on the halloween express lifeline hello kevin hey y'all how are y'all Great. How are you? <laughs> Depressed. <laughs> um, I just wanted to chime in on the NIL money, and I don't know if y'all have heard anything similar, but I had a friend of mine who is actually a UNC alum, and he was saying that the state of North Carolina has capped what college and including uh, <clears throat> also uh, high school athletes can make. And it, he was coming at it from a perspective of not necessarily it impacting just football, but basketball as well. And he was saying other states have no cap, and North Carolina did. And I've been trying to find research, you know, since he he said it a couple of weeks ago, because it was going to impact not just football, but basketball, any kind of recruiting in any kind of sport. Um, Because when other states have no limit and the state of North Carolina does, well, that hamstrings us against any other programs or that, you know, are like, say, for instance, in Georgia or Florida or Texas or California or anywhere else. And I haven't been able to verify that that was the case. And I was wondering, had y'all heard anything similar to that? 
Jason, did you say that was Jason, high yeah, school? Yeah, you said high school, right? That, that sounds like that's a high school rule, correct? Yeah, I don't think that's a college that, that, rule. That's not a college it's not. rule. Mm-mm. But that that is, you know, states are starting to implement these rules. I.e., Missouri did it, and they that they can pay high school players nil money in high school, and they signed that five star D lineman. So guess what happened next? Georgia got it passed because Georgia was recruiting that D lineman out of high school. So that's just the high school rule as far as what I understand of that rule being. There is no cap on the college level. Okay. Well, he like I said, he would, me and him was having a conversation, and he was under the impression that it was everything. And I was going, well, if that's the case, then nobody in North Carolina is ever going to be able to compete with it, it doesn't even matter if you're in the well, CCC or you're in the AAC or... You think the University of North Carolina is going to let that happen to their basketball team? Mm-mm, there ain't no way. Probably. Or Duke. <laughs> it's not happening. Probably not. <laughs> anyway, that's that's what I was wondering if, if any of y'all had heard that because I had been, like I said, trying to verify it on my end and I hadn't been able to. So thanks for the clarification. All right. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, we have some video. Good job, Chan Man. Uh, getting some video, uh, post game video of Mike Houston. You can check that out on our social media accounts as uh, he talked after the loss to UTSA, uh, Facebook, X, and Instagram. Uh, Skip is up next in Raleigh. Hey, Skip. Hey, guys. I hope you're doing good. Yeah. Uh, two, two points. Um, Billy made a really good comment as far as development after, after the recruiting process is over with. Uh, and you know, the NIL thing, you know, the only time it's ever going to change is somebody like, say, UTSA, you know, gets a whole bunch of money and then they're able to, you know, fund, it, fund you know, the NIL in their favor and they start getting players that were going to Texas A&M, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then, then they, you know, they get that and then they start getting all those players. That's when the big boys are going to start changing. They control everything. They always have. They always will. And it's the same thing in life. However, let me let me pose this to, to maybe Bryce and, and the panel uh, and Jason. Just, we want to run the football so daggone much, and we've got tight ends that we don't throw to. Why can't we go to the to, to an eye base formation? Let them run run triple option out of it. Run something other than a stretch play or a zone dive. It's not working. You cut. You open up your splits to your offensive line, and it creates natural alleys because the technique of the defense is based on where you're lined up offensively. So you know why can't we run triple option? We we can't throw the football hardly. I mean, and we're having trouble running it, so stack it inside. You don't have to bring a tight end inside. Jason, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all used to run it with Scott Richards. So you do the same thing, and you put somebody like a Bryce Williams back there at fullback who's already got good hands. Give him a dive every now and again. Run trap. Run cow. All those things are there, and they're not, you know, and they're not trying to. All we're doing is we're running, we're running what I call zone dive, or we're running a, a, a stretch play. And you don't have a fullback to lead, and it's not going to work because their splits are cut down. So that's all I got. Thanks. All right, there is Skip. Um, yeah, well, I don't. You don't change your entire offense, I guess, mid-season. Although Charlotte came in, what here. would it hurt? They they did the same thing. As a matter of fact, didn't we run a couple? I don't. They weren't really option plays. They were more of an RPO slash sort of option. Didn't we run a couple of plays like that against Charlotte? We, um, 
I, I can't remember that game. I know we did run some options. It, it might not be that game so, that I was thinking about, but it, here the, at home, the game when previous, Mason, Mason Garcia was the quarterback. That's it. That's what I'm thinking option. about. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you know what? So they got that is, in the toolbox. Yeah, that's a great play. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because all you gotta do, you know, people say, well, how can you find other ways to run the football rather than, you know, run it up the middle all the time? Well, speed option. We ran speed option here when Steve Logan was here mm-hmm. with Marcus yep. Crandall. Oh yeah, David Garrard. Oh yeah, and. Oh, uh, Blake, yeah, yeah, Jeff you know, Blake. I mean, Jeff that famous Blake. two point conversion I mean, was on a speed option. It's a great play, especially on, on on short yardage situations, oh, yeah. man. I mean, because if you got an athletic quarterback who can run that, that's two that's two to three yards given. Now you get a really dynamic dynamic quarterback like what Charlotte had, and they right, hit a crease. Right, yep, it becomes more. So I get that, but you just can't overhaul the whole offense to be. I mean, because I hey, listen, I was in that trap triple option last year that's not an easy offense to go execute i know people think it is no it's a lot of rules in that thing it is it is and, and everybody's got it. It, it just just as hard as it is to defend is it, it's just as hard to, to run execute. but the thing is is why east carolina has always had problems with the navies and the armies and those is because we practice against it one week a year you sprinkle some in during the off season they run that offense Every day in practice, they know exactly where they're going. That's why the, the problems we've had with those teams. And those teams don't even run it anymore. No. All right. You're right. <laughs> and we just have zero identity with this offense. I don't. I just think you need to sprinkle some of that in. You need to be more multiple on offense. And we just haven't seen it today. We saw a little bit of it. You know, the very first play out of the gates, I'm thinking, okay. We're going to try yeah. something different today. But instead of going three and out, we went four and out on the first <laughs> drive. So yeah. I'm like. Hit a big play, though. Yeah, yeah. but we hit a good, and it made me feel better about it. Well, the, the problem when you go back and look at it, and I would, you know, I bet you if they go back and do their stats, it's about creating explosion plays. And we're not able to create a lot of explosion plays in our offense. That's just, that's not our identity right now. So uh, the more explosion plays you create, the likely your chances off scoring. You're able to eat up yardage. But um and, and that's part of, you know, being aggressive and, and, and taking shots and so who knows, man. It's it's a lot of frustration out there. I get it. I'm I mean we're all frustrated, but I don't know what the correct answer is. <laughs> All right, 317-1250 as we talk you through another East Carolina loss, this time to UTSA. We got Mark next in California. Hey Mark. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call. Yeah, yeah. So, two quick things. First, uh, mentioning the NIL deal. I mean, that thing is just—it is what it is. I mean, honestly, the people forget too that the reason that that was put in place was because the Supreme Court ruled in favor of students unionizing the whole Northwestern uh, concept. So, you had to put something in place there. What I think is more of a, a factor on the NIL deal is remember when everybody was talking about you know Coach Deion Sanders talking about. Uh, leaving HBCUs and everybody getting mad. And everybody's like, well, what was the alum doing? I feel like there's schools like ECU who fall into that. I myself am an ECU private alum. I am an alum with a Bachelor of Science degree in political science. I got my master's degree from a school in Indiana, Indiana Wesleyan University. And I can tell you from just personally, even from the athletic department, Indiana Wesleyan has reached out to me more than I have even seen ECU on an alumni perspective. I live in California. You would think that, especially with me and and the type of income base and things that I am dealing with, partnerships and things of that nature, ECU would definitely want to reach out to somewhere like this. My local chapter is in L.A. I live in the Bay Area. I mean, it's just I think a lot of a lot of alums need to actually step up too. Now, granted, like I agree with you earlier in the statement of 
there's people who care about ECU in that area. Um, again, there's going to be more people who will, especially when it comes to like Duke and Carolina basketball, focus on that as far as game. But I think us as us as alums, myself included, need to step up. But I feel like a lot of that is due through our ties to ECU. I talk with friends all the time who transferred to Appalachian State, uh, transferred from Appalachian State, I should say, and things of that nature who I still talk to. And they're like, ECU don't reach out to me. I don't go to homecoming. I have no idea about homecoming. So I say that, which then leads me to about the about the coaching. I think that's where it also falls on, too. I watched right before the Michigan game, and I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong and have remembered this wrong. But I remember Coach Houston mentioning that, you know, we're going to see about our quarterbacks, and there's three on there, and all three will get a chance to play. Well, I only remember two playing. I still only remember two playing now. Then I also, if I remember correctly, too, prior to homecoming, was that, yeah, no homecoming is for everybody who's, who's uh, coming back and all that. Don't get involved in the hype and all that, where our job is to focus on this and that. Well, you did that, and Charlotte came in and, and, and ran you. Uh, and it's like, as an ECU alum, it's like, wait a minute, did you just tell our team? Or is the messaging about focus on the game, don't get too involved in activities? No, I want to be tied to the athletic department. So to hear a coach even say that is like, I lose all hope in any type of uh, teachings or recruitment or developmental players. If I was a player, I'd want to leave if I heard something like that. Again, I'm just frustrated that we're, what, now 1-7? This ain't the ECU I remember from when David Garrard was beating Miami, from when my friend Chris Johnson was running up and getting drafted, Dwayne Harris, Travis, uh, Linville Joseph, things of that nature, like Quentin Cotton, Dominique Lindsay, who I still talk to to this day. I go back to Charlotte to visit all the time. This ain't the Pirates that I remember, and I don't know what's going on, but we will not get any type of big recruitment, even with NIL money. If what we continue to put on TV in front of everybody, especially on a Thursday night, or was it a Tuesday night football game on ESPN, primetime that I got at 4 o'clock out here because of the time difference, it's piss poor, excuse my language. But it's like if you want to get this NIL deal, and also you need the coaching, you need what you're out there. Again, it might just be because I'm old school. I will lose every game with every third player or fourth player on that bench then just because you're supposed to be the four- or five-star recruit or you're supposed to be this and that and put you out there, season's over. Why are we not giving anybody else a chance? All we keep hearing every week is, well, you know, we had a good practice. Oh, you know, we had this. Oh, you know what? No, there's things that he did that he did that improved, and there's other things that I think we could work on. But I feel that, you know, that he did so well, and that's any position. That's why I didn't put a name or a position to it. When actually it should be, this person gives us the best chance to win. That's why this person is playing. Oh, well, I saw some things during the game. That's why I subbed this one in. When you rinse and repeat, you rinse and repeat. People say that, and it's like, do you think about that? Okay, we'll rinse it off and repeat it. Yeah, and that's how we ended up 1-8. I mean, we're 1-7, one and one and seven, I mean. We're 1-7. From Skippo's days to, to uh, they even now, look at how much of a transition that is. Like, Ruffin McNeil, we were winning. Scotty Montgomery, we're not even going there. But it's like we were supposed to turn it all around from them. And, I mean, you, 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 Mike, Coach Houston is a national title championship coach. So it's like what is going on? Um, again, just frustrated, fellas. Just wanted to call in. Been wanting to call in for the past few weeks. But actually had some time now. There was some uh, time in between the ECU game and then. I'm, I'm a Cardinal fan, so I'm watching Stanford now. And we suck.
But it's like this is more entertaining to me than watching ECU play, knowing that we're better than that. All right, again, but fellas, just wanted to rant on some <laughs> topics. Thank you. All right, Mark, that's what we're about, ranting, getting it off your chest. There's probably nobody out there in California that cares uh, to hear you talk about ECU, but, <laughs> but that do. is what we were born to do uh, here at Pirate Radio. So appreciate the call, man. Yeah, and you know what? I have I have heard those sentiments um, from other people. I've actually heard other alum. Uh, alumni however you use that term uh correctly have said exactly what he said is no one's ever reached out to me from the university and i i think that is uh just unacceptable period well especially now now and, and especially now but it's been happening oh, for years it's it been happening weird. for years and that's not that's not acceptable 317-1250 we'll go back to the Halloween Express live line. Talk to Robert in Washington on line three, Shirley. Robert, you're up. Roberto is a no-go. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Kyle in the Grange is on hold. Uh, Andy in Charlotte is on hold. We'll get to those calls when we return. Wisconsin just got a pick. Maybe saving their lives in this game for now. It is 10-0 Ohio State. Five minutes left to go first half on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. We'll take a break, come back, more to go. We'll enjoy some wings over Greenville during the break. 758 Wings, they'll deliver right to your door. More to go. USA the fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. We're back. Like we never left. In fact, we've been here all day. I've been in this chair <laughs> since uh went on the air at 11.30. Four-hour pregame. Watch the entire game with you on uh, the Celsius watch party. And here we are after the game. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. All right, uh, we have two open lines. That is not a good sign uh, as we get later in the year and the line's not locked and loaded after a Pirate loss tonight to UTSA, 317-1250. Kyle, hang on. We'll go to Andy in Charlotte. Hello, Andy. Hey, what's up, guys? So you said uh, Chandler's got some post-game comments for everybody. Let me save you the time. Here's what you're going to hear. All right. All right. How's everybody doing? Obviously disappointed. It was disappointed how they ended. Thought the kids fought hard and competed against a good football team at UTSA. Felt like there was some tremendous improvement, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, some things we still need to shore up. Thought we had a tremendous week of practice with high energy. The kids are competing. Enter buzzword here, but we got to put this behind us. Get ready for a good football team at Tulane. We'll be in Greenville next week. Should be a great Saturday in Dowdy in the Boneyard. We'll be rocking. Inner buzzword here. And I'll leave you with practice, compete, kids, go power. Oh, my God. That's wonderful. Coach Andy. <laughs> that is spot on. <laughs> yeah, I like inner buzzword here. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, Andy, what you're saying is we've heard similar things after games, before games, and uh, and everything in between. The old uh, 
coach speak. Well, Jason, how did you talk as a coach? Were you pretty coach speak? I mean, you wouldn't give up too much. I, part of me gets it. The other part, I kind of wish it wasn't so robotic, but I understand it. Well, I mean, when you're a coach, you're on the defensive. Right? <laughs> yeah. You just feel like everybody's attacking you anyway, especially when you're losing. So, yeah, yeah you wanted to give you the base, basic answer, the, the coach speak. You know, I, I mean, the company line, everybody has the company line. And, um, you know, basically, just, you know, move on i mean it's it is it's it's no good answers right now because right. no. everybody's frustrated no. yeah. and no matter how they do it i mean it's, it's coming from the right place this is what i always this is this is my true assessment as a coach don't even give an evaluation of the game right after the game because the reason why is it's never as good it's never as bad and i learned that quick in my coaching yep. career yep i've gone into things thinking boy we play well because we caught some big balls or something like that during the game and then I go in there and be like man we suck we're lucky we got that we're lucky we did this I hate that response we gotta watch the film but you're saying it's a true response (laughs) it is the truest yeah and there's been times where I didn't I thought we played bad and I go in there and be like you know what we competed our butt off we did the best we could do Look, I, I I agree with that 100%, and I've always said that about, you know, i got to look at the film first. I've never had a problem with that because coming from the TV business, I've had shows where you go on the air, and let me tell you something, two seconds of dead air feels like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you think it is the worst thing in the whole world until you go back and look at the tape. So I get that 100%. And there have been times where, uh, you know, we've had discussions on the, the fifth quarter or when we did the press box that I would go back and listen to it and be like, oh my God, that was hilarious. Or that was amazing. <laughs> you know, I didn't catch, or somebody else would say something. Yeah. Billy, how did today's catch. press box go? Well, right. I got to go check the film. I'll right, let you know. Right. I got to hear the tape. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kyle's up in LaGrange. This will be good. Hello, Kyle. Go on, Cliff. No uh, yelling, ranting, and raving, acting like a lunatic tonight. I'm going to be calm, concise, and direct with my points and what I say. So anybody that was expecting animating Kyle and looking forward to it, it's hard to disappoint you. So, But here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to point out something that I pointed out at him this past week, and I think the best way to get a point across to somebody is beat him over the hill with it. The people that say we can't afford to fire Mike Houston, if we go all at 1-11, if we're going 1-11, we have to fire him. People that say we can't afford it, okay? If we keep him, we pay him $2.3 million next year. If we fire him, we pay him $1.4 million. That's a $900,000 difference. That's a good base salary for a new head coach coming in. Bump it up about another 600000 you get to a million and a half. We can do that. So you free up $900,000 per year by firing it. People haven't thought about that. We pay more if we keep it. So I'll say that, let that sink in. If people can't figure that math out, just think about it over and over again. <clears throat> now with that said, I did think the guys competed well today. I think they played hard um, outside of a couple of plays. Um, I think they gave it all they had. Um, I really look back, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, you, you really have to wonder if we'd have, you know, had Flynn pistled in as the guy since spring, and he had gotten all the number one reps since spring through through fall practice and in every game so far this year. We'd probably be way further along and at least be sitting here with three or four wins. Um, Flynn, by far, is a better quarterback than Garcia. Garcia just can't do it at this level. I doubt we'll ever see Garcia on the field again um, at, at quarterback in East Carolina. Um, but that's hindsight. 
Um, people want to talk about NIL. Well, yeah, we need more money for NIL. Look, there's a Boneyard Collective. If you don't want to join the Boneyard Collective, start another collective. You can join the Boneyard Collective for as little as $10 a month. Okay? So it starts everywhere. If all 40,000 people that showed up to East Carolina football games are doing the collective, even at the bare minimum for $10 a month, think of what it could do. And again, if you don't like the people that started the Boneyard Collective, start your own. I'm sure you would be perfectly fine with multiple collectives, but you can enjoy it for as little as 10 a month. Um, but yeah, NIL help, working the portal help. But you got Georgia Southern sitting down there at 6 and 2, Georgia State sitting at 6 and 2. Um, I can, I can keep naming Rice. You know, they're not they're not putting a bunch of money into NIL. Yeah, NIL is something we need to address. We need to be able to work the portal more. We need to be able to get players to, players to stay, and we need to raise money at it. But it ain't the end all be all. That's not the reason we suck. Um, you you, you want to look at other things. People talk about the Pirate Club not contacting them. That's absolutely true. I talk to former players all the time, and one of the things I always ask them in private normally, have you been contacted by the Pirate Club? And most of them say no. And I know I'm a Pirate Club member, have been for 20 years now. They never call me for nothing. Um, if you're not at a certain dollar level, you do not exist to the Pirate Club. Um, the the, the low-tier donors, they don't bother us to ask if we want to give any more. You call me, I might give you some more money. Somebody pick up the freaking phone and make some more phone calls and quit trying to work the same 10 people for all the freaking money to get that into a practice facility built. Call your, your, your blue-collar boys. You know, a little bit adds up. A little bit, a little, a whole lot of little makes a lot. So I would advise some people, Ryan Robinson and some other people at the Pirate Club, to pick up the damn phone and make some phone calls. You want to get that into a practice. By the way, how many times did you hear Mike Houston make little snide comments about how he couldn't practice indoors to prepare for the noise against UTSA this week? That was all nudging about the indoor practice facility. Well, Mike, there's been a whole lot of people here that has won without an indoor practice facility. Quit making excuses. Um, if we keep him at 1-11, and 11, we aren't who we, I thought we were. I thought we were a football school. I hope we don't finish 1-11. I hope we went out. I hope we upset Tulane next week. But I don't see it happening. What I see is a complete unlitigated disaster, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Our offensive line is atrocious. It's the worst offensive line in all of FBS, in my humble opinion. The quarterback play, again, I go back in hindsight's 2020. Flynn should have been the number one guy from day one. Had he been getting all the number one reps, we'd be so much further along now. Hey, running back, man. I'm not trying to pile on the Rajay Harris. And I know Rajay's better at the blocking schemes, and we need all the help blocking we can to protect our quarterbacks. But every time I see Camaro Edmonds touch the ball, he gives 100% effort. He plays through the whistle. Not just today on that play where his knee may not have been down. I've seen it several times this year. Why he doesn't get more carries is beyond me. Green, he's been injured. Now going forward, if we don't see more Gerald Green, somebody's got major problems. I mean, I can keep going on and on and on, but the biggest point I want to get across, if we go 1-11, and and I pray to God we don't, we're going to have to make a change, and it ain't just Donnie Kirkpatrick. We're going to have to get a new head coach. And again, you pay him 2.3 to stay per year. You pay 1.4 to get rid of him. That's $900,000 we free up. That's a nice base salary for a new head coach. We can go from there. That's all I got. Go Pirates. All right. There he is. Kyle in LaGrange. Well, I agree with Kyle on the point that if uh, 
Alex Flynn would have gotten all the reps preseason had he been the quarterback. I, I agree. There probably is a couple more wins in there. Maybe, maybe at least one. Maybe. Now, the and, and this is the point I've made to a bunch of people that I've talked to kind of out and about that have said, you know, didn't we know about um, Mason? You know, did we think he was? I, I equate it to this. He's your number one draft pick. He's your number one overall draft pick. In professional sports, if you draft a guy number one overall, how many chances is he going to get? How much emphasis are you going to put to make sure that you get what you need out of that? He's your number one draft pick. He's the highest rated quarterback ever coming out of high school at ECU. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And he's been told for years that, that you're he is the, guy the heir apparent when Holton leaves. Well, and, and, and and that's true, right? Because I, I disagree with Kyle. Kyle makes a lot of good points, but I do disagree with not playing Mason because you got to find out. Oh, yeah. And the only way, you, and it's not in practice because I'm just telling you, in practice is totally different. We get we needed to find out. Well, we needed that last year, and well, we, we harped on that well, all yeah, year last year, and that I, never happened. Well, I wasn't sitting because here last then, year. Right. And <laughs> then you would have known last year, yeah. okay, this is not the heir apparent. Well, we we got to go in another direction. That, that, they that were is, never, no one was ever given the opportunity to see what Mason Garcia could do in meaningful situations last year yeah. when those opportunities arose. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a mistake because you got to be thinking about the future of what it's going to look like when Holton is gone. But I think this year in playing him, because let's face it now, when Flynn threw two or three interceptions at App State, put the next guy in. Yeah. I mean, you you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, Flynn has been a battler. I, I think he's gotten better. But at that point, you have to find out, can Mason truly be the guy? And I'm going to tell you why, too. One, because all that recruiting and, and ratings and all that stuff, that's great. That's why a lot of people get beat, because they recruit strictly off of right. ratings. Okay? Right. That's why I said we got we got to have those dogs that you can develop here. That you can develop. But two, you know, the, the, the thing about uh, Mason is if your offensive line is not good, he's at least big enough and mobile enough mm-hmm. to get out of the pocket and hopefully give you more than Flynn. And I think that's why you're seeing Flynn run so much tonight. Well, and and that's that keeps him on the field. Right. Because if he can do that, it keeps us on the field. Look, look how dimension. many drives he's he kept alive today by going and getting a first down. It's not about how fast you are, right. it's about how efficient you mm-hmm. are. But if you can put a faster guy back there, bigger guy back there, the harder they become to tackle. But I'm gonna say this though. And watching Mason Garcia, he hadn't really shown that he's a better runner than Flynn. No. He had that one big run early in the season yep. at home. He ran for about 40, 50-something yards. It was a big play, but that's been it. Yeah. And sacks count on your run total, but I saw, I think it was Keith on YouTube earlier in the show, said if your quarterbacks are running 20 times, that's a problem. Unless you're Navy or Army or something. Uh, do it. That is a lot of scrambles. Uh, Flynn, 20 for 53 today. Again, sacks count. And, Billy, we kept a sack counter. It was probably six or seven maybe by the end of the game yeah. on the UB stat sheet. But uh, I, I agree with that statement. Jason Newton, 20 rushes from – 20 runs from your quarterback. Something's going wrong there. And scrambles. a lot of it is – yeah. It's, it's yeah, there, there were some designed runs, but not as many as scrambles. Right. For sure. All right, we go to Virginia Beach and talk to Matt. Hey, Matt. What's going on? What's uh, uh, big Pirate fan here, class of 2010. My pops is a 1986 alumni, so I've got purple blood in my veins. Um, 
Fired up, brother. Not going to lie. I got a couple things on, you know, on this season. Um, matter of fact, last night, um, I just won Chris Johnson's um, official um, senior year helmet, the helmet that he wore um, that, that whole year and he wore in the Hawaii Bowl. Um, won that on eBay. Very proud pirate. Wow. Very cool. Um, and not only that, I'm getting married in March of next year. We're actually, the whole point of my bachelor party being in Fort Lauderdale was to see the Pirates play FAU. And after a season like this, we're now one and seven. Um, big, biggest thing I've, I've got to say, especially after these past three games, man, it's like, at what point do you just turn the TV off? I mean, I mean, it's literally like watching your wife get, wife cheat on you in front of you. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, it's hard to watch, man. I mean, at this point, us fans, I mean, should we just, should we just cut the TV off and just and check the record at the end of the year and hope for hope for better better pastures next year or or what, man? I just, I, 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 I can't watch this anymore. You know, like, what do you, what are you guys feeling on that? Oh. You got to still support, and you got to support for a lot of reasons because of expansion reasons and all that good stuff, man. I mean, it all counts. And if we don't show up and continue to support these guys, man, I mean, from ratings to all, I think I heard something early in the year. We had one of the lowest ratings ever on a ESPN game. Yeah, you had. Um the Braves on that night and well, other stuff. But you're right. You're right. It was the Thursday night, the worst watched Thursday night football. The worst yeah. watched Thursday night football game. The future of football is in the clicks. I mean, people watching, people clicking on, and that affects us in how we are perceived as a program. Yeah. Keep supporting. Hey, listen, I know you're frustrated. Man, I'm sitting up here, I'm purple through and through too, man. Purple and gold. And I'm frustrated. Um, yeah, but I was, I mean, I, I was, I was there for, you know, the past few years, you know, Chris Johnson, I mean, the glory years, we, we knocked off with the field goal, Ben Hartman, I was there in the stands, we, you know, we knocked off West Virginia and Pat White, Sloan, and even um, there with Damon Magazoo, you know, caught that interception against Russell Wilson, NC State, I mean, I was there for, I mean, for me, Skip Holtz, the glory years, man, this is just, it's just, it's, it's, it's brutal, man, it's so brutal. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's frustrating, man. We're sitting here today and, and talking with Bryce about, you know, the wins that those guys had yeah. when he was here, too. And we talked about some of the wins we had when I was here with, with under the Steve Logan era and uh, some a, a lot of big-time wins. And it's the pride, you know, it is. It's, 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 it's the pride. And when right now we're, we're getting beat by lesser teams and, and lesser programs are – passing us I, I can't that hurts I mean it hurts I'm just telling you and um, you know I, I said out of this view uh, I was here before and I don't know what's going to happen with the expansion and all that you only hear you know scuttlebutts but we want to be in or, or give ourselves the best chance to be in the best conference we can be in by continuing to put a good product on the field because it's going to be separation like it's going to be the group of three and that's it. You know, everybody else going to have peanuts and it's not going to matter. Yeah. And this is the second time that East Carolina has been very down on their football program when a major expansion has taken place. If you remember when the ACC expanded and they took all those Big East teams and all that scuttlebutt, that was during the 
John Thompson era, if I remember correctly. And we were as bad in football as we had ever been. And it was just the absolute worst time. And unfortunately, we're there right now. Um, The expansion hasn't finished out and all the dominoes have not continued to fall. Um, But we don't have a whole lot of time to right this ship. Yeah. All right, Matt. Anything else, man? Multiple brothers. I mean, you know, kind of, I've, I've always been a pirate through, but I mean, you guys are right. I mean, we're scurvy. We're either we, we just gotta hold, hold off. And, and again, the, the points that you guys made about the, the transitional period with the Cardinals. I mean, it's just like history's rewriting itself, and you know, everybody's so invested. But I mean, hopefully, you know, all the donors and Pirate Club and everybody, you know, you know. Stand up, and you know. Hopefully, we can we can make a difference, you know, next season. All right, re- real quick though, Matt, you're from my neck of the woods. What high school did you go to? I actually I live in Virginia Beach now, but I'm from Currituck County, North Carolina. Uh, so I went to Currituck, but I'm uh, in Virginia Beach right now, Cox High School. That that was our rival high school. I went to First Colonial, so Cox was literally right around the corner. So I know that area very well. So have fun up there, man, and keep keep bleeding purple and gold. It'll it'll turn around at some point, no doubt. Take care, brother. All right, appreciate it, Matt. Three one seven twelve fifty. We have one hundred and I don't know forty nine. If my quick math is right, it might be off. It's kind of I've been here a long time. <laughs> Uh, but we have a lot more viewers than we have likes. Uh, so if you could just hit that thumb on the YouTube, we'd, we'd appreciate that. Subscribe to Pirate Radio TV. Give us a like on Facebook. As we roll on late into the night uh, on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show, Bobby, Chad, and Boone is up next. You three are up next when we return. U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. Well, I got to turn my mic on first. Uh, and a game we're keeping a close eye on is just about halftime. And it has been a battle between Colorado and UCLA. Colorado clinging to a 7-6 lead in the first half. There's eight seconds left, and UCLA has just coughed up the ball, so the Buffaloes have a chance to try to march down the field with about 20 seconds left. They changed the clock on that. Other scores, Coastal Carolina is going to win this one. 30 seconds left in the game, 34-6 over Marshall. Air Force leads Colorado State 20-13 in the third quarter. Tennessee 26, Kentucky 17 in the third quarter. It is Washington 21, Stanford 13 in the third quarter. Ohio State has gone into the locker room at halftime with a 10-3 lead over Wisconsin. And it's Ole Miss 26, Vanderbilt nothing at the half. And Oklahoma State has uh, taken a 10-7 lead over Cincinnati uh, in the second quarter. And James Madison leads Old Dominion 14-3 in the second quarter. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day. Uh, covered kickoff of the day at the Buck with uh, the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TV so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut and a weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip. 
All right, we are back with you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We are, uh, <laughs> so we've, I've been trapped in this studio, and uh, Jason, you have for a while. We've joined us during the game. He's been here. I'll tell you what, though, we, uh, we're not going to go hungry. No, no. <laughs> we are like uh, trip defanning in here I'm after Thanksgiving. Out. Dude, uh, really. That wings over Greenville put it over the top. Thanks to wings over Greenville seven five eight wing. Jason, I didn't, finish, I didn't finish my last wing. I didn't. <laughs> I finished that bun cake. No. And I wanted one of those bun cakes too. And I just I, I can't do it. it to I can't go. do it. I get it to go. My goodness. All right. Uh, seven oh, five eight wing. Man. They'll deliver right to your door. Shirley, uh, we going to Bath and talking to Boone. Boone and Bath. Hey, Boone. Hey, I'll keep it short tonight. I'm upset that uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF have departed, and instead of rising to the top of the AAC, we're sinking to the bottom while the new teams are coming into our conference and pushing us around. It don't sit well with me, fellas. Thank you, and good night. Well, Boone, with that accent, I hope you call in every show because you are a southern gentleman. Yes, Boone and Bath. I declare you... Uh, as long we, as you don't take a bath and Boone. <laughs> I declare that I would like to stay in this particular establishment. Right when, I say, I say. Right when I you say, said, I say. Uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati. All right, we go to Siler City and talk to Chad. Siler City. Hello, Chad. Hey, Cliff, this is Pike. Um, What's up, Pike? It's in a different place tonight. But um, I did think we played a little better tonight. Um, and obviously, we didn't play good enough. But um, to pick up on the point someone said about the Pirate Club, um, I've just rejoined this year. I uh, was unable to attend uh, for a long time because of some medical reasons. But I don't hear from anybody either. But I will say that. The people I do deal with, there's always um, top-notch. Um, now, I'll tell you this, from the business school, um, I've given to them consistently, not a whole lot, but every year. Um, and the last time anybody called me from there, they weren't even the students calling anymore. They were people they farmed it out to. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't seem right that, uh, they can't get somebody from your own school to call and ask you for money. And that's all I got. All right, Pike, uh, hearing that call uh, a few times here tonight as well. I feel like this has been a very like sad depression. Like, we're going what? through the stages of grief this season. I, we're at the sad part, I it's believe. It's funny that you say that because I was thinking about that earlier. You go from it's it's like a breakup. You go from mad to depressed to wanting to cry, we, yeah. to denial. apathy, we had denial. denial. We had denial. Yeah. Like, we're not We've gone mad. through all the stages <laughs> so far. Yeah. But you can, uh, and this is probably, this is the first time, you know, Jason's kind of experienced this where you can hear it in the voices of the callers because it goes from, I can't stand this anymore. This has got to stop to, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean that's the tone, yeah. you know, and you can hear it. You can the, hear the apathy. The the sap is that's how I feel. I do too. <laughs> I hear all that anger at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's like I, you know, I, I came in here and I'm like, well, I already know what this is about to look like. Yeah, and you know, they they kept us afloat a little bit, but um, you know, it was it's at the point where getting upset right now does it does it change anything? Because we're in the boat. We're one and seven. Yeah, and 
Mm. We're not the ones that's going to make any decisions. So, no, no need to lose sleep over it. Um, I'm sad, disappointed, was angry, was frustrated, was all those emotions at certain parts of this season, except for today. Yeah. 317-1250, we go down to West Palm Beach and talk to Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hey, good evening, guys. Um, hey, I want to touch a little bit on the, the NIL. I mean, kind of the season is, you know, what the season is. We all kind of seem to be watching the same thing every week. But, you know, I think when it comes to NIL, collectives, transfer portals, you know, there is not going to be some, um, you know, mega booster or series of mega boosters or corporations that are coming and save the day for us. Yeah, we might get a one-time donation and somebody's going to help, you know, the collective or, as we see, help, you know, fund a, a baseball stadium improvement or, a, you know, football stadium improvement, whatever the case may be. You know, this is going to have to be old-school Pirate Nation, you, me, our neighbors, alumni, I give $50 a month to that collective. And that's not a lot of money. But you know what? 50 bucks a month is 600 bucks a year. And you get a few thousand people like me. And there's a, there's people giving more than me, I know. But all of a sudden, we've got 2 or $3 million. You know, and I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, not me. You know, somebody else has got to give the money. You know, if we're going to win, we're going to be successful. We're going to compete in this new era. It's going to take guys like us. You know, the average Joe walking down the street with an ECU diploma, you know, making a pretty decent living, got to find 50, 60, 100 bucks a month in addition to whatever we're doing for Pirate Club and season tickets if we're going to be successful in this new era. And it's not, you know, um, pushing the buck, you know, alligator arms when the check comes. We all got to contribute. We all can get on here and complain. But the solution is not. The Pirate Club doesn't call me. The Boneyard Collective doesn't call me. My alumni don't call me. Get up, get your ass on the phone, on the email, on the computer. Be proactive and quit blaming everybody else. You know, I don't want to hear about Carolina anymore, State anymore, SMU. I've been to SMU. They got a handful of big boosters. Hey, that's great. They can't get 25,000 people in the stadium. You know, that's not going to be a problem for them anymore, moving forward probably. But they don't hold a candle to what Pirate Nation brings. And we're all just going to have to freaking cinch up our pants, dig it a little bit deeper in our pockets for 50 bucks a month, 75 bucks a month, and next thing you know, we'll have $3, 4000000 million. But the only people going to make it happen is us, not Johnny Booster that's going to drop in a million dollars one time. It's going to take all of us getting together, making it happen. No excuses. The landscape has changed. It ain't going back like Jason and Mark said earlier. So just get ready, go do it, and let's all win together and quit blaming everybody else and looking around the corner for somebody else to save the day. I'm out. Bobby's out. Well, I agree. Rack them. I agree with Bobby on most of those points, except for the one to where it's on the donor to get off their butt and go knock down and break down the door of the university or call them and say, please, university, take my money. Please, university, take my money. It doesn't work that way. When I worked at WITN, we did a telethon every year for Children's Miracle Network. And over three days during the weekend, we raised over a million dollars. We did not go on TV and ask or we didn't just say, OK, we're going to sit up here and we're not going to do anything. You didn't tell anybody. Uh, you, we're not going to tell you what we're, we're doing. We're not going to tell you what we're doing. We're just 
going to sit up here on the air and we're not going to say a thing, but we're going to expect you to call in and give us your money. No, we constantly asked for that money. We made pledges for it. We said, please, we called people we knew. You have got to go out and market yourself and you have got to go out and you have got to ask for that money because money's hard to come by. Now, you know, these people that are saying, you know, I'm, I'm giving $50 a month and that's not a whole lot. Let me tell you what, in this day and age, it is a whole lot when grocery bills are high, when gasoline is high, when wages aren't going up. Money is hard to come by. And if you want somebody's money, you dang on better call them and ask for it because nobody's going to come up off any extra cash just because they feel like it. That doesn't work. The university has to make sure they go out there and they have got to hit the pavement, period. All right, 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Brian in Raleigh is next on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Thanks for the line tonight. And uh, I think, Billy, I totally agree with you. With the, with the last caller, I was going to jump in on that as well. You know, it would be great to see, you know, uh, you know, have the have the players take a couple hours on a on a Saturday, and you have a phone blitz. If you get a phone call from uh, you know a couple of football players looking to raise money, I mean that makes impact to people. You know, have this, some of the student athletes call if you want us to support you, and you have a you know have a student athlete reach out to you and and you know connect with Pirate Club members. I think that would be a great idea, but you can't be passive about it. Um, I I. I know a big topic tonight has been NIL, and and we've heard a lot of a legacy stuff. Oh, you know the Chris Johnson day. You know, I was sad to hear the Chris Johnson days were the glory days. That made me feel kind of old. Uh, I don't know. Well, Jason, you disagree <laughs> with that, right? Days. We, we had a lot of other glorious days uh, earlier than that, uh, for for sure. Uh, but but you know, it it, it was about bringing guys in and developing them and making them better. And I do think the coaching staff has got to take it on the chin a little bit that, that we East Carolina university have been viewed now as a point for the group of five that, you know, we're, we're a feeder, we're a feeder school now with the, with the transfer portal and some of these other places where these schools can feel they can come in and pay for some of our better players, that that they can do that. You have to be aware of that. You have to be conscious of that from a standpoint and be prepared that younger guys and guys are going to have to be ready to play earlier, and we were not prepared for that. Um, and th- and that's clear. We're, we're under-talented, and we missed some some recruits. Again, very, very, very clear. So at, at, at this point, um, you know, we, we do have to buck up. We do, we do have to go together, but we also have to be more proactive on our end to go to those other schools that are underneath us. Find, find those talented players that are looking for a bigger opportunity and a bigger school to, to come and play for us. But we do need to see, I think, or something I'm looking for is more of a plan, right? I think we're hearing a lot from in the post-game press now, oh, the guys played hard. The guys you know, played with a lot of intensity. They gave a lot of effort. Uh, isn't that like the minimum, right, for – for, for what you're doing is being part of the football team. Shouldn't you be trying? Shouldn't you be giving maximum effort? Shouldn't you be playing hard? Like you shouldn't have to ask for that. That should just be part of the deal. So, um, you know, I, we, we, we need to see that this coaching staff has a plan. I'd, I'd really like to hear somebody step forward from a leadership perspective and really own it and say, this is the problem. 
these are the solutions that we're going to work on and what we're going to step on moving forward. And collective, ECU collective, not just the big donors, not the, just, this is what we need you guys to do to be a part of this to help make us successful. You know, somebody needs to step forward and have a plan because I, I just don't see it. And Billy, you're right. The, the empathy is set in. You know, I went to homecoming last week and went to the uh, library ECU legacy uh, exhibit with all the football helmets. And, and it was a nice thing. There was nobody there. Me and my family were the only people in that little meeting. And it was kind of sad, right? It, w- it was kind of sad for homecoming. But it just, it didn't feel very exuberant. And it didn't feel like that the people were, were really about it. So I think we got to build back the fans' trust. And I think we really need leadership to step forward and and take some control, put a plan out there. And to Billy's point then, Lead the collective, lead the people, be, be, be what we need to, to, to give us that path that we can help you make this thing better in the long term. So I believe Purple too, you know, I'd like to see them do well, you know, but, you know, go Pirates and hopefully we can all band together and turn this thing around. Thanks for what you do, fellas. Have a good night. Thank you, Brian. Good call in Raleigh tonight. Great call. Great call. I think he's right. we got to band together and, and find a way, you know, can't be this is how we've done it. It has to be what do we got to do now yeah we're, we're in a new era you know he's talking about that collective like how we lose guys you know what I, I sat here and I watched these games and I saw a lot of good players on Georgia State Georgia Southern FAU go recruit those guys absolutely you know because he's right um, a couple calls before they're not putting any more money on those players than what we are and I bet you ours is probably better than, than them. Well, look, everybody is looking for the BBD, and that's the bigger, better deal. Our yeah. players are looking for it here on the next jump. So we should be looking at those players that have that talent lower than us, looking for that bigger, better deal, which is East Carolina. Yeah. All right. We go next to Dave in Arlington, Virginia on the Halloween Express live line. Dave, what's up? All right, Cliff, how you guys doing? Doing all right. Well, listen, I'm sitting here trying to analyze this whole process, what we've been through this year. I look at Mike Houston's career, and there's no doubt Mike Houston is a credible football coach. Lenoron, Citadel, James Madison, ECU. But Mike Houston's career has been built upon going in two or three years and skipping schools, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's got to make a living. Now we live in a world where players are doing the same thing. And now I think Mike Houston was planning on last year getting a 10-2 and two season and jumping ship, which, which I don't doubt the man for that. And now we got players. We're not living in the Steve Logan years where we can develop players. We develop players, and guess what? They're going to another school. I don't know what the answer is with this NIL deal. I don't know what any answers with this stuff is, but it's sad for college football. It should be pure. I've enjoyed watching D2 college football more this year than I have Division One, because you know what? That's pure football. Those kids are out there playing football, no scholarships, no NIL money, playing the game. And it's sad what's happened to college football. 
And and I think Mike Houston, all credit to him for what he's done for East Carolina, but I don't think he planned to be here this year. And with him having that mentality, we're left with what we're left with. We've got an empty cupboard. You know, when Skip left, we had an empty cupboard. And, you know, he's not the first coach that's done this. And, uh, you know, I'm just sad for college football, really. And it's not just East Carolina. It's all the schools out here that are dealing with this nonsense. I mean, you, you, the Big Ten is now the big, what, 25? I mean, it's, it's, it's just unheard of times. We None of us grew up in the 90s or even 10 years ago thinking this would happen to college football. And East Carolina's getting our asses whipped not being able to play the game. It's that simple. You know, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, everybody wants to talk about people giving money, money, money. I give money. A lot of people give money. But what is the answer? At the end of the day, what is the answer to the current college football environment we live in? There's no loyalty from players. There's no loyalty from coaches. And and it, I don't know. I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. I'd like to hear you guys' opinion on this. Only loyalty is uh, is coming from the fans, I guess, at this point. That's true. Although, the NIL... It's a huge deal now in college football, obviously. But I still go back to Marshall, App State, Rice, Charlotte. Like, they're not paying their guys a lot more than we are. If they are, they're not getting a great return on their investment because they're not that good. Marshall has dove off a cliff uh, since they beat us. I thought Charlotte they were good. Charlotte was horrible last night. Charlotte is horrible. Like, we... Well, see, Marshall wasn't even good. And I'm no. gonna tell you why. Mm-hmm. I, I thought at the they, time they App were Jason, wasn't as good but, as we thought right. they were they, either. They, they were App a, almost got beat by SMU. App's you know, getting crushed by West. Coastal right now. But but listen to this, Marshall, Marshall was in a dogfight with Albany University. <laughs> Can you tell me where Albany University is? Is that in Georgia? No, they're the Great Danes. Where's that? New York. In New York. Yeah. In New York. Oh, there's because there's there an Albany, go. Georgia, I, and an Albany basketball team. Yes, but I mean they were in a dogfight before we played. They had to come back to win that game. That's you're like oh are they really that good? So but I agree with what Clip's saying. I mean all those people that's who we got to compete with. I mean you know um, and I agree, uh, Dave. It feels like we're digging out of a giant nil hole. But while we're digging, we need to have the coaches and and players and program to be able to beat at least one or two or maybe three of those teams. Not lose to every single one of them. Yeah. Yes. And and we got to have better players than those guys or you know what i'm saying it's something it's something we're missing yeah with with whoever we got and whatever they have um if they're better than us we're, we're missing the boat somewhere then and i don't think it's all in a hell money it's I, it's the, not, I don't think it's, it's that not but. between those guys right no, and, the crazy, exactly. those and the crazy guys. part is you throw gardner webb in there and you beat them 44 nothing and you see the difference in levels of football yeah wow you know, because they're supposed to be a pretty good FCS team, and, and I and I watched them today. As a matter of fact, I was watching them play UT Martin. I don't know how that ended up, but when I came over here, they were they were up fourteen thirteen over the number thirteen FCS team in the country at home in UT Martin. Yeah. So I, I it's baffling to me this this team just this year has just been a mystery. It really has. All right, Dave. Anything else, man? Well, look, I, look, Jim. I, I just think. Mike Houston's a good football coach. There's no question about that. 
I just don't think he was prepared for year five at East Carolina. I mean, it's a valid point. We've heard that, Dave, and it's, I mean, I don't know if it's dead on true or not, but it just looking at it appears to maybe be leaning that way. Well, look, you know what? We all bleed purple and gold, and, you know, it's going to get better. There's no doubt about that. And uh, anyway, I'll let you guys go on to the next caller, but go Pirates. All right. Thank you, Dave. There is Dave in Arlington. Uh, we are getting close to last call for your calls. We got to get out of here at some point. I am tired of this chair. <laughs> I think I'm stuck to it. I'm going to need y'all to peel me off. I know my, my wife just sent me a text. How much longer are y'all going to be on the air? <laughs> 317-1250. Coming down the home stretch here. More to go after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. Before I forget, can you take this and um, put a sticky with Kendall Paramore and Jack Phillips and put them on the prizes uh, for our watch party winners from earlier today? Winner. Somebody won. Um, John Moody wants to get to 100 likes. So... Um, if you are one of the 59 people watching that has not liked the stream, please hit the like and uh, get us to 100. That'd be a nice milestone for tonight. All right, we got a, a couple more calls up here. 317-1250. Marvin, hang on. Steven is... Hey, we go back to Virginia Beach. Yes, people. sir. I saw that. Steven, you are up. Hey, I think so, Cliff and team. I appreciate the... Uh call and show a lot, class of 74, so I've been through good years and bad years, starting with Sonny Randall back in the 70s, but uh, so just X's and O's really quickly, uh, we we obviously don't appear to have the talent that we've had at times in the past, and the schemes really don't seem to kind of marry up with the talent. I, I would say that the example of Charlotte last week, where they had a really good mobile quarterback, they put in the option and utilize the talent that they had. So but what I wanted to really talk about was, you know, BCU and football is, is a big business, and some people have talked about this a bit. Um, I don't see the plan or a plan communicated where they, they let us, the, the fans uh, that provide the monies, know, you know, where we're going. What, what, what do they need for nil? Um, you know, really out there. So a couple of couple of uh, games ago, the, the announcer, I think Mullen, the former Florida coach, he seemed more energized than some of our own administration is when it came to selling the school. And I know he was, he was an announcer and he was paid to do that, but he really had a lot of energy. And I, I like Coach, coach Houston. I watched the, uh, uh, his show this week, and he just seemed beat down. He really didn't seem to have any energy. If I were a player watching, he was too matter of fact. I just think that, you know, there's a, there's a lack of energy. So I would just summarize by saying we, we really need to communicate better with the fan base. I think people want to help. Uh, the guy mentioned giving $50 a month to, to nil. I'd like to know how they're going to use that. How do they, how do they marry up the need of the team with the, uh, with the player I'm sure at other schools that if they want a five-star quarterback, someone's going to know that and they're going to come up with the money. So uh, I, I, I'm just taking a different approach, maybe looking at this as the big business that it is and 
have a plan and communicate that plan and get people excited. I like I like working for people who I think know what they're doing and prove it. So uh, thank, thanks for the time. All right. Thank you, Stephen. Hey, you know what? I agree, too. This is a big business now. It's not college football anymore, and it's always been a big business, but it's more of a business model now that everybody has the potential to be paid when before players could not get paid. Uh, it was it was not the big business. They were still student athletes. Like I said earlier in the show, they're not student athletes anymore for the most part. Now, at East Carolina, it's, it's different. Uh, but at most of these universities, these big universities, the football players, even basketball players, and I, I've seen um, – you know, baseball and softball players that are getting NIL money. Gymnast, I've seen gymnasts. There's a girl gymnast. I can't remember what school she's from, but LSU. making yes, done, yes, LSU. That's right, <laughs> making all kinds of money. So it's it's not just football. These are not student athletes anymore, and this is a big business. And I agree, there needs to be a business model out there, and you need to you need to uh, treat it like it's a public. publicly traded business at a university and they need to be more transparent and i don't see that happening all right 317-1250 we roll on marvin's up in jacksonville hey marvin hey how you doing guys what's up what up Bert? what's going on jason well i just i was just calling in um long time pirate man jason played together back in back in the early 90s uh that was my roommate and um, just just the last couple of years, just looking at looking at the program, you know, everybody's on the radio show talking about NIL, but also with NIL, you know, when Houston came in, you know, he had some pretty good classes, so that he can be, go out and get the kids that he needed to get to run the system that he wants to run, and also develop those kids. And through that process, you know, then you can start working on the business aspect of NIL and all those things. So, you know, a lot of people talking about giving money, giving money, but also what are we doing on the recruiting trail so that we can get those type of kids we need to get? Because ECU is not going to get the four or five-star players out of North Carolina. Let's just keep it keep it right. You know, the Oklahomas, the Georgias, the Floridas are going to come in and scoop those kids up. But we need to go out and get those kids that, that are blue-collar work, blue-collar kids that's going to work hard. And then we go build them with junior college and maybe some transfers in. So now those junior college and transfer kids could come in and play right away while we develop those hardworking kids that don't end up taking us to the next level. And I think that's just my outlook of the program looking in. I watched the game today. And we, like you said, we're, we're not there. You know, we're, we're definitely not there. And I watched, the Mar- I watched the homecoming game, and I was very upset after looking at Charlotte. You know, because it's like, is this, is this the ECU? that we're used to seeing or is there something wrong with what the product that we're putting out on the field? So what's y'all guys opinion on that? Well, the, the only problem is, is that with having guys come in, when you go into the, into the junior college ranks and do that, like we used to do and sit guys uh, and develop them to have them learn that used to be the way to go. But now that these guys can transfer, everybody thinks they can play right now and they should play right now and they want to play right now. And if they're not playing right now, they'll go somewhere else where they can play right now. That's the only problem. And I hate that about the transfer portal. You know, the thing I like, Bert, that you said is is junior college. I think there is Mm -hmm. a everybody's focused on the transfer portal. But let me tell you what a junior college player is hungry. Yeah. 
they don't come out of there with a lot of NIL opportunities probably. Maybe the the, the top national players out of JUCO will. Like a Cam Newton. Like yes, when he came those out. guys will. Yeah. But, those, but see, those guys are going so far under the radar now, the ones that we probably can get our hands on, because everybody's looking at everybody else's roster and trying to get the guys from, you know, XYZ University. Right. Go slip, uh, step into those junior colleges and let's do some more homework because that that is where you can probably now go and find some diamonds in the rough, some guys that can be, you know, uh, you know, developed in our program and come in here and help us because nobody's, I'm, I'm not saying nobody, but when was the last time you heard about a great junior college player here in the last year or two? Not many. And, and, and another um, uh, kind of um, opportunity is some of the prep schools. I mean, when's the last time you heard maybe a, like a Fork Union Military prep. Academy prep schools where guys that may not have the grades coming out of high school that since we can't take those Prop 48 guys yeah. because of the conference rules, then you go the way of the prep schools. And I don't think we hear a whole lot about that anymore. Yeah. I mean, if you look if you look at it, guys, junior college kids, like Jason was saying, they're hungry. I mean, they're, they're once, the only reason why they're at junior college is because they lack the grades or they need another extra year or two to development on the field. Those are the type of kids that we can go out and get. Like Jason said, they don't need NIL money. They're just looking for the opportunity. And you know their opportunity is going to be one or two years while you can still go out and get the three-star. The transfer portal is – I coach high school football now. The transfer portal is killing high school football. It's killing it. You got a lot of three-star kids, two-star kids, or borderline two-star, three-star, four-star, whatever, that are not getting the opportunities that they need to get at these Division One schools because of the transfer portal. Colleges come into our school and they say, hey, we're waiting on the portal. We like the kid, but we're waiting on the portal. So that three-star kid is now having to go the JUCO route just to get another opportunity to play at the college level or the Division One level. And those are the type of kids that ECU could come in and, swipe and sweep up. And now they're in your program. They can play at the Division One level. In, in, in the 90s, they'll be a Division One kid. But now with the transfer portal, they are not. They're JUCO kids or Division Two kids. That's why Division Two football is so strong, because they're getting the three-star kids that Division One is overlooking either via the, tra- via the transfer portal. I tell you what, you've just hit it on the head. I had not thought about that, but that is an outstanding point of how the transfer portal in college football is affecting high school football. And you never really would have thought of that before. But that's a great point because there's a lot of guys that are going to get overlooked that are damn good athletes that go back to what we talked about before and what made East Carolina's teams and programs so tough before is those guys with that chip on. If anybody's got a chip on their shoulder, it's a three-star guy that's gotten overlooked. At junior college. Absolutely. And he's feeling like, I shouldn't be here. Now I've got to prove myself. And that's a great point. Well, you know, and Burke said that and I I tell you what, I saw it when I was at the University of Richmond during the COVID year because a lot of guys didn't go out on the road and recruit during the COVID time. And man, we had a D-lineman that came in from Orlando and you're like, God, dog. I mean, like, his film was excellent. I was like, this is too good to be true. Yeah. No. A lot of people overlooked him. And so there's other guys. You got to, what you got to do now is dig deeper. 
right? You just can't go and say, oh, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there. You got to dig a little bit deeper to find those those hidden gems, and it's probably in the junior college ranks. Mm-hmm. And that's been the story of ECU football over the years, right, Billy? Finding oh, the diamonds in the, the rough. The diamond in the rough. And those guys. The guys that have the chip on their shoulder that nobody else wanted to take a chance on or the ones that hear all of this from the colleges, well, we're waiting on this, and we're recruiting another quarterback out in California, so if that doesn't work out, players don't want to hear that they're second, third choice. They don't. They don't want to hear that, and those are the guys that we need to get. And, but like you said, it's going to take some some deeper digging. Yeah, then you don't have to worry about the NIL because now it turns, now it turns out to be loyalty. Yep. Yeah. Guys are going to be loyal to you because you gave them an opportunity to play at that level, and you won't have to worry about those guys leaving. Marvin, uh, great call, and cool to uh, yeah have a teammate of yours. Uh, go Pir- That's chasing. my roommate. That's awesome. Go, yeah, go Burke. I hadn't talked to Burke in a long time. Thanks Good to for, hear from you, man. Thanks for calling us tonight. Hey, thank you. All, All right. right, let's uh, take a break. Shirley will come back. We'll have our Brown and Wood drive of the game. And uh, more of your calls if you want to jump in. Getting close to last call for your calls. More to go on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter post-game call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. One break left to go, so getting close to the last call for your calls. We'll get to our Brown and Wood Drive of the Game, uh, brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation, Eastern North Carolina since 1937. Brown and Wood, your number one dealership in Greenville. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard, Greenville. Online, brownandwoodauto.com. Uh, Got to be the drive that ended with our first touchdown to a wide yeah. receiver all year. By the way, Jason Nichols. <coughs> dominating fantasy today uh, with his Jalen Johnson pick. How about eight for 105 and a touchdown for wow. Jalen Johnson? There you go. Dang, that should be two Celsius right there. <laughs> go ahead. We'll give you, we'll throw in a bonus. Uh, good performance by Jalen and take an and, extra wing, too. <laughs> at times, it looked like we had a, a real Division One passing game, boys. Uh, Flynn on the day, we haven't looked at the stats much. UBE stat sheet. Uh, Flynn, 23 of 43 for 225 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Frank Harris. And, man, uh, defense had their worst game of the season. Uh, Frank Harris, 20 of 32, mm. 395, four touchdowns in that man. one interception. Yeah. He'll be up for something this week, huh? Player of the week. Well, and that's then, how you get player of the week is you play East Carolina. And, Jason, you kept talking about how elusive and mobile he was. Eight carries for five yards. Some of that was on sacks, but his ability to just kind of get out of the pocket, right? And, and get rid of it. And then throw it, yeah. And and you could tell that was uh, a he's good, but b very experienced. He's been around forever. Yeah, because when he was moving the pocket, he wasn't panicking. He was creating more time for receivers to uncover. Yeah, you'll see him. He get towards the line, and he'll start moving lateral because he's saying, "No, I'm looking for the open receiver." Similar uh, weave to what we saw with Holton throwing on the run. Left-handed quarterback saw a lot oh, yeah. of that today. Yeah, Frank Harris. Who, who was the receiver that had seven touchdowns coming in? I think he had two touchdowns tonight. That Bo he, Cephas? Yeah. What did, what, what did Joshua did, Cephas? Cephas. What did he uh, end up? His numbers were Well, Billy, he good. only had four catches. Yeah, but so probably good. for about 150 yards. Uh, 183 right? yards. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. All right. 45.8 wow. yards per catch. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Kellogg, Ogle Kellogg, five for eighty-five, two touchdowns. Uh, what's the big tight end's name? That, that was a big oh yeah, number nine. There. He was two hundred eighty. Cardonis, uh, Car Cardenas, maybe he yeah. had a touchdown. Yeah, uh, four for twenty-one. Uh, they're good. T- uh, Jason said he doesn't see them beating Tulane, but. Uh, I think they could be undefeated the last weekend of the regular season when now they Rice, play Tulane. Rice gave Tulane a, a, a scare today. They did. They, they did. were in the game. They did. So, all right. Uh, it happened. Brown and Wood drive of the game. All right, Shirley, let's take our final break. Last call for your calls, 317-1250. We'll be back to wrap it up after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio Scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, one final look for the night. Air Force is leading Colorado State 30-13 to with eight and a half minutes to go in the game. Tennessee leads uh, Kentucky 33-27 to with four and a half to go. It is Washington at 35, Stanford 26 in the fourth quarter. Colorado just kicked a 34-yard field goal, so they now trail UCLA 14-9 in the third quarter. It is Ohio State leading Wisconsin 17-10 at the end of the third quarter. Cincinnati trailing Oklahoma State 17-7 in the third. Ole Miss cruising over Vanderbilt 26-7 is that score in the fourth quarter. Old Dominion is trailing James Madison 14-10 in the third quarter. It is North Carolina 28 uh, Georgia Tech 24 with just under 14 minutes to go in the third quarter and Washington State trails Arizona State 24-21 at the half and that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall School Board brought to you by the Buck they have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered every Sunday kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TV so you don't miss a game they'll have mimosa specials a Bloody Mary menu pizza all day from Pizza Hut and of course a weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock score every Sunday at the Buck now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip. Wrapping it up. Great job as always. Shirley Rhodes. Long day. Joey putting it in. Yeah, putting in the work. From start to finish. We then going to go to the Joey. Buck and then to Bank the of America Stadium. Yeah. How about that? With a trip to Fayetteville in I between. I hope my hard work gets us this first win, man. You put, I really do. I don't know how that <laughs> translates, but I wish you luck. Yeah, I wish you luck. Yeah, because that trip back from Charlotte would be much better after a win, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to say Puedes pintar este violeta. Blue. <laughs> By the way, that is painted purple in Spanish, and ever since Joey said that, we have not won a FBS game. Oh yeah, it's been tough. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Well, Final yeah. thoughts, fellas. Go ahead, Billy. Oh man. Uh, how do you how do you put a bow on this? Food was great. Thank you, Wings <laughs> Over Greenville. Yeah, yes. food was great. Um I I don't know. Life's I don't know great. what football the football sucks right now. <laughs> Thank you, Donnie. Life's great. Football sucks. <laughs> I just don't know what the answer is right now. There are so many problems, and you know, even the defense. I was I was very upset with the defensive play, and I thought the defense was going to get a big number hung on them because the offense couldn't do anything. Right. I talked about that yeah. in the pregame. You know, going three and out, three and out, and that wasn't the problem. So now I'm baffled about the defense. 
Um, so there's, about, there's just a lot of problems. We talked about this, Jason, that, and, and Jim Zoki, when we had him on Pirate Radio Live, said it earlier this week. It is just uncomplimentary football from East Carolina where you're, you're not getting offense on most weeks. But how many times... Even when we've gone on a drive on offense previous uh, previously this season, we scored. Then the defense gives up like mm-hmm. a two play drive. Like it, it's crazy, and that happened too many times today for yeah. the Pirates. Yeah, I mean the name of the game is to be complimentary. You know, you want to compliment the offense, defense, and special teams. And today, it wasn't our best day. Um, it was good to see the offense show some flashes yeah. and that they've been working to get better. So that is a positive. Um, you know, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're one in seven. So it's, it's nothing that we feel good about. And uh, those guys, they did a, a good job of competing. Hopefully they get back to the drawing board here tomorrow, which they will, and uh, get ready for a good Tulane. Because this is a good Tulane football team coming in here. I mean, yeah. That's going to be a good one now. What I want to see is the attitude now from players and coaches. Okay, it is what it is. Let's just go out and let it all hang out. What, what does that mean? What, what have you got to lose? What does that mean? That goes to play calling. That goes with being innovative, maybe throwing in guys that you wouldn't, you know, maybe throw a Jeter in there. Why right. not? Why Different would players. you not play him yeah. now? The season is lost. Yep. You are playing for nothing. Yeah. You're not playing for a bowl game. You're not playing for a conference championship. You're not playing for some mythical state championship. You're playing right, for set. nothing. Go out, let it all hang out, try something new. Let the fans know that you're not just giving up, that you're going to go out there and you're going to try and figure out a way to win. And go special teams because they have been solid all year. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right. Missed two field goals last week. But well other than that. They had a fifty one yarder today. They did. They did. Yes. Uh, and, and was accurate on the 52. Just <laughs> yeah. I know, just had to. Just missed. Just missed. Wave, good to see you again. Enjoyed it, buddy. It was fun. Uh, and Jason, we, we try to have fun despite yep. all the losses piling up, but uh, awesome work as always, man. Enjoy having Appreciate you here. Thank it, you. Bro. Hey, and just, just for the record, we hope we don't see you here next year. Yeah. And that is a compliment. One and done. It, that That is, we are rooting for you big time, it, really, because you deserve it. Talking to you this year has been a pleasure. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying this like this is the last game of the year, but. <laughs> and we love you, man. I know. But it, it really has been. Yeah. It's been eye opening, and I know you know what you're talking about, and. and Somebody deserves to have you on their staff for sure. Fans have really enjoyed it. Too. That's right. I tell you what, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity to come up here to talk football and talk about pirate football in particular because it is a special place in my life. And um, we got a few more games, so I'm yeah. not going to even go there yet. Uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely appreciate those kind words. Awesome stuff. All right, uh, we will wrap it up. Thanks to the big dog, Glenn Griffin, as well, and to Chan and Jenny who were there live in San Antonio. And thank you all, the great callers, viewers, uh, the chat gang, all day long. We've been with you here in the Pirate Radio studios. And guess what? We'll do it all over again next week. Another 11.30 start time for the Bud Light pregame tailgate as we get you ready for ECU Tulane at 3.30 after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. For Shirley, Joey, Big Dog, Weave, Jay Nick, I am Clip Rock. We'll see you next Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. You have been listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.